With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, Knight fans? Sons of UCF is proudly presented by the law firm of Gordon & Partners. Since 1993, Gordon & Partners have been dedicated to the pursuit of justice for those who have been wrongfully injured at no fault of their own. It's important that you get legal advice from somebody you trust, so contact UCF alum Michael Hoffman directly if you have any legal needs or questions. Visit their website, fortheinjured.com, or text 407-913-5350 to talk to Michael directly. Don't just trust anybody. Trust the best. And trust the night. Gordon and Partners, for the injured. This is the Sons of UCF, the number one place for UCF sports, with your distinguished host, Adam. Let's all get together and see who can solve the wordle the fastest. And Mike. You know, last year, I think I said about 30 people in the UCF, Sons of UCF group. Let's try to double that. Let's try to get 50. Now, here are the guys. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode number 200 of the Sons of UCF. We're brought to you by Gordon Partners. That clapping gentleman over there is my good buddy and my good friend, Mr. UCF. Mike, my name is Adam. Mike, uh, welcome to episode 200 of the Sons of UCF. Did you ever think we'd get here? No, I never thought we'd do 100. And now 200 seems incredible. Uh, good work out of us. People seem to like it too, I guess, right? People are still yeah, It depends on the day, the person. Who knows, Mike? But uh it's a it's a good honor man we'll, we'll touch on that in a little bit obviously we got a lot to get to in the in the show again we're brought to you by gordon and partners we are part of the 1012 network which is part of the sports drink family of podcasts you can check them out at uh, at sports drink you can check out uh, 1012 network they got a bunch of shows for all your uh your big uh, 12 needs will be there next year so keep the fort tight for us gentlemen mike and uh we got a lot to get to tonight a lot on tap here uh, we'll, uh, we'll touch on all that, but first I want to start off the show really quickly with just a, a shout out, a word of encouragement Mike, one of our, one of our faithful listeners cost seg advisor, as you all know him, uh, his name is James Reed. We got word this week. He's been, he's been down in the hospital battling some stuff. Uh, seems like he's fighting through some stuff, but, uh, cost seg is one of those guys, Mike, we knew we made it when cost seg was tweeting at us, was talking to us. So I'm sure he'll listen to this at some point. Um, his name is James Reed, for those who don't know his real name. But just want to shout out to Koseg. I know we're thinking about him. Hopefully he gets well soon. I know for a fact he's listened to every episode that we've put out there. He's listened to every episode that every UCF podcast has put out there. The guy is a diehard. Even though he went to USF, he graduated from mm-hmm. USF. But he, Fun fact, he, yeah. He bleeds black and gold more than anybody really that I know. Uh, and has been around this program longer than us. 
going back to the 80s, I think. So, I mean, best wishes for him, man. That, that really sucked when I heard that. I still don't know exactly what he's in there for. I don't think any of us do. But you heard complications. You hope he comes through okay. Yeah, hey, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure all the details yet, but uh, uh, I know there was a period of time. That, that's how you know this is a, a tight knit community, Mike, because he just didn't tweet for a couple of days, <laughs> and everybody was like, "Where's Cossack?" Because you're just so used to hearing him or seeing him, you know, going at somebody or making a meme or a gift. So uh, again, hopefully things are getting better for Cossack. Uh, we send him our well wishes, our thoughts, and uh, as soon as he's back and healthy. We got to get him back on the show again, Mike. It's been too long since we had Costag on the show for sure. But uh, let's uh, let's start off with what's on tap, Mike. That's brought to you by our good friends at Poor Choice. Uh, so a couple things about Poor Choice. One, watch party next Saturday for the ECU game. It's a road game. Be at Poor Choice at seven p.m. That's at one two two five Mills Avenue. They got a giant screen TV. They got games. They got food trucks, Mike. And where else can you find this? They are, are basically like a self-pour beer festival. It's like a giant keg party. There's no waiting in line. You pour your own beer, your own wine, your own sake, whatever it is that you're into. You go to the tap. You pull the handle. It's a unique experience. You get your drink. You get ready to go. Again, Saturday, watch party down there. Make sure you check it out. And this Saturday, Mike, they're, they're uh, part of the Big Day for Brits Bunch. Uh, they're hosting the event at Poor Choice. You can check that out. Love. Follow Brits Bunch on Twitter, Instagram for more details on that. But Poor Choice doing a lot of great things. The guys down there are UCF alums. Uh, I know they want your support. And you want to drink beer. So I don't understand the problem here. It sounds like a win-win. Yeah, it's going to be a great time out there. The place looks awesome. I haven't had a chance to get out there yet, but it looks really cool. So many beers to pick from. I'm always tempted one of those places, just stick my head under there and just pull on the tab. Yeah, of course. That's exactly <laughs> why you shouldn't be there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, maybe they should do that after touchdowns or something. You should be allowed to go over there and do that. Um, but I think it's going to be a cool time. I've seen videos and pictures of that place pretty well rocking. You know, I think they get a DJ out there sometimes. And now for a football game, it's going to be the place to be. You want to be down there. You're going to be downtown anyway. You want to enjoy the game with other Knights fans at a place that's owned by Knights. Go help out Drew Bellani at Poor Choice. The place is cool. Again, 1225 Mills Avenue. Find them on Twitter at Poor Choice Orlando. Uh, this Saturday, again, big day for Brits Bunch. They're having a nice bash down there. Uh, you got to get tickets for that, though, so make sure you go online. Uh, just find Brits Bunch on social media. You can get your info there, Mike. Well, uh, so uh, Cow of the Week, of course. We have Mike's Picks, of course. We have Gus Malzahn Translator. Uh, we'll do our categories. It feels anticlimactic. This game was like a month ago, it feels like at this point, Mike. But uh, we'll do our, our categories, as always. Uh, and uh, we'll have some fun stuff. we get the headlines uh, that will tell you what's going to happen this week before they happen against Temple Mike. But let's start off with a little retrospective, buddy. 200 episodes. I went back to the vault. I got a surprise for you. I oh couldn't boy. find episode one for some reason, and my, my computer wasn't working, but I have a snippet. This is episode two of the Sons of UCF. This is, for those who haven't been with us uh, for all 200 episodes, I don't know why you have, but thank you for doing that. The format was different back in the day, Mike. I started off by myself for like eight minutes, then you came in, and then you talked. So this is circa 2018. This is after the UConn game. This is you and I on the air after the breakdown. Here's episode two, 198 episodes ago of the Sons of UCF. So we'll get into that and more on the other side of this as I welcome in my main guy, UCF Mike. Stick around. It's time for UCF Mike. All right, folks, that's right. It's time for our favorite guest here. Let me bring in my guy, UCF Mike. Mike, how are you today? I'm great, man. How are you doing? 
Like, I'm doing good. Obviously, we had a really nice victory on Thursday. So, as a night fan, I couldn't be doing any better. Or maybe I could. I guess we'll, we'll talk through that. I had a chance a little bit earlier to talk about, you know, my impressions of game one and uh, how I think things went. So, let me open it up to you. What were, you, what were your thoughts on the first game? What did you, uh, you think of what you saw and what you heard? Oh, man, it was great all around. I mean, I said going into the game, I'd be happy getting into the 40s and keeping them under 30. And we went past both of those. You know, we scored 50. Six points, kept them to 17. Really not too much to complain about on any part of the ball. I mean, if you want to nitpick, we'll get into it later with the defense and stuff. But offensively, looked great. It looked fast. Um, newcomer Trey Nixon came in, made an immediate impact. Everything just seemed to be flowing nicely on offense. Defense created turnovers. I mean, it was a great game, great day all around. Football is back. We sound, we sound so quiet. I don't know. Yeah. I'm talking really slowly. I don't know what's <laughs> happening there. You had your own sounder back in the day. People forget that. We had the, the Here Comes UCF Mike sounder back in the day. Uh, that was in there, Mike. That was 198 episodes ago. That's because I still thought I was a guest. That was episode two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is the UCF Mike segment. Turns out the whole episode is the UCF Mike segment. But I listened to that episode. So you came on at like 11 minutes and you were on for the rest of the show. Like we did the the whole, it was only an hour long, by the way. I don't know what, how the hell we figured that out. Uh, but uh, 198 of those uh, ago, Mike, and we're at episode 200. Uh, and really just a big thanks to everybody who's followed along and listened to Mike. And I try to think about it. I've got my official top five list of sons of UCF listeners. This oh, wow. is a tough list. This, was a really a, tough one to crack. this is a really tough one. A lot right, of OLIs, I'm sure. There's a lot of OLIs in this. So here's what I factored in, okay? If you've been a part of the show, you're not eligible. So Trace Trelko, not eligible. Chris Robinson, who does our design work, not eligible. So if you've been a part of the show in some sort of meaningful way, you're not really eligible. That doesn't count live show questions because we need those for our lifeblood, Mike. So that doesn't count that. But if you're a part of the show, you're not eligible. There's going to be a lot of omissions here. So right off the bat, I apologize to a bunch of you. But I'm looking at a couple of category options here, Mike. OGs, so the guys and, and the gals who were there with us really early on, the ones who have stuck with us, and the ones who are the, the best and the most fervent supporters of the Sons of UCF. So are you ready for the top five Sons of UCF listeners? I think so. I, I can probably guess a couple of them, I think. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm going to write down some. Okay. And I'll see if those are on your list. All right. Number eight, right. Halftime Paul. <laughs> number you eight, Halftime Paul. Now we're on number eight. Okay. Yeah, it happens. Halftime Paul. Paul's disappeared a little bit of late. I know he's got some stuff going on in his life. We've met him a few times. Uh, he was one of those. We did the the the, uh, the voicemail line for a while where you could call and leave us voicemails. And Paul would often call in. He did something. I don't even know why we call him Halftime Paul. I feel like he did something in a voicemail. Yeah. And he called I, he him, we called him Halftime Paul. I, it was during halftime. Halftime? Okay. Games, and he said, they, I think he called himself Halftime Paul. <laughs> he might have. So halftime, Paul, number eight on the top uh, top five sons of UCF listeners. Number seven. We don't hear from this guy a lot, but he's been following us since day one. He also has no avatar picture on uh, on Twitter, which always creeps me out. Jackson Lyon, number seven, Mike. You know Jackson. Jackson has been listening since day one. You and I were floored to learn that he's like 25 years old. Like he's just like a, a college kid. And for some reason, he listens to us every week. He's been listening forever. He was going to come by the tailgate. He did not, which is why he got bumped down a couple of notches here on the top five list. But he's been someone supporting since day one. Jackson Lyon, number seven. Yeah, faceless listener. Is what you're yes. right. A lot of people, we know exactly what they look like. We've met a lot of people. Jackson is a mystery still to us. Yes. All right, number six on the Sons of UCF top five listeners. 
Brian W. Peterson. Brian W. Peterson is here. Wild Bill. Wild Bill. I think he caught on to us kind of late. I don't think he was in the early, early, early stages of the Suns, which is fine. He's caught on late. He's, uh, he's a member of pretty much every live show these days. Uh, we had a chance to meet him. Uh, we met him for the Louisville game, Mike. We spent time with him at FAU as well. Uh, for those who don't know, former student body president. He told Trace and I some really cool stories about uh, his, his year as the president of UCF. Uh, he's got a Suns hat. He's been asking for one for a while. He's got 97 other hats, but at least he has a Suns hat. Listens every week, comments, brings questions. He got knocked down a little bit because he asked questions of other shows too. I like exclusivity, <laughs> my fans. I've seen Brian out there at other shows. I'm just throwing, throwing it out there. So Brian Peterson, number six. I don't know if I can hold that against him. We're, maybe yes, we're just can. not giving him enough. But two hours here, an hour on Thursdays. We need more than three hours a week for this guy to satisfy him. That's fine. Number five on the top five Suns UCF listeners, J.P. Gilbert. Again, I think he caught his mid, uh, you know, mid run, and then he he made the switch with us over to uh, to our, our our solo endeavor here. Uh, as someone who's always listened in, he was on the show. We did a we did a segment for a while, Mike. Where I forgot the heck we called it, but we had people uh, call in. And they debated you, I think, was uh, the, the the gig there. And JP came on, and he debated you for a one show. Uh, but he's been listening for a long time. Obviously, a big Citronaut fan. So being this is Space Week this week, Mike, if it only appropriate, JP Gilbert, top five on the uh, – uh, number five on the top five, excuse me, of the Suns UCF listeners. Yeah, I mean, he's, that's well-deserved. He, he mixes it up pretty well with us and everybody on Twitter and is a big supporter. And you're right, he spread the word. I think he used to be a big fan of uh, the Banneret guys. Until we got yeah. a hold of him. We sunk yeah. our claws into him, and we've kind of converted him over to the Suns. I think we did. Number four, Mike. Two letters, two words, Robert. Robert, again, he found us late. He was one that found us, I think, like episode like 100 or something, and was like, holy holy goodness, you guys are really good at this. And slowly started figuring out we did a bunch of interviews. We sent him some other interviews. But he's been one behind the scenes. Mike, he probably texts me once a week with, he has an idea. He knows somebody can help us out. Uh, he's got a connection someplace. So he's somebody who's tried to help us continue to grow and advance our show, giving us some advice and feedback over time. So not only a listener, but someone who tries to uh, tries to make sure that we do the right thing and keeps us in a good spot. So Robert, although a, a newcomer to the game relative to some of the other guys on the list, Robert checks on number four. Robert is a big time supporter. Every live show he's in there at kickoff, even before. Yes. And, he, yes. and he's actually promoting us at like seven o'clock. Hey, check, tune in at eight o'clock. Listen to these guys. And he's there ready to go with the comments every week. I would have had him higher, but he stopped doing the running dialogue of the Sons of UCF episode. He was doing a thread for a while where he listened and he commented. He stopped that, which I don't blame him, by the way. I don't listen to our show, so I, I appreciate him for doing that for a while. He could have been higher if he kept that up, though, but he got lazy there. So, Robert, down to number four. Mike, number three. What, what happened? Those were gold. Those, those were good. Guys, those were good. really good. He did those it for about really four good. or five episodes, maybe. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it for one. Number three, the aforementioned cost seg advisor checks in at number three, Mike. Again, you know you've made it at UCF when cost seg advisor is going to listen to you and is going to reply back to something you write or something you say because uh, he, he follows everything UCF related, but he has no time for, for the nonsense. Uh, so he started tweeting at us really, really early on. Every time a show would drop, he would respond back to it. We always had some healthy dialogue. He didn't always agree with us. We didn't always agree with him, but he listened every week. Uh, we've met him a few times. I think you and I met him at a tailgate uh, at the Alumni Center a couple of years ago. I've met him a couple of different times after that. Uh, just a big night fan. And uh, you know when Cost Seg uh, is, is in your mentions, you've, you've made it. So Cost Seg Advisor checks out at number three, the top five Sons of UCF fans. Yeah, great guy. We met him at the tailgate last year. Even better in person. Uh, and just like we said at the beginning of the show, man, I hope he's doing okay. Number two, our buddy Nelson. 
checks in at number two, Mike Nelson has been a long time listener. Uh, he's probably a day one style listener. The only reason I knock Nelson, he doesn't have social media. So there's no way to like connect with him. There's no way to tag him on stuff, but he probably texts me once or twice a week with a question, something he's watching for the game. Uh, no bigger night fan than that. And we think about why we started the show. It's for guys like Nelson, guys who love UCF, just want to listen about it, want to hear more about their school. And the fact that we connected with Nelson, that he likes what we do has always been fun. Uh, so Nelson, he's had some fun too with us. His sister, obviously is Libby for those who don't know. So they've had some fun. We had a chance to hang out with them last year at a game, Mike. So Nelson checks in at number two of the top five sons UCF listeners. Nelson is awesome. He's always been awesome. He was one of those guys that called in. Yeah. He doesn't have social media, but we had the voicemail thing. He left us a couple of messages and that's kind of how we got to know him. He's been around forever too. Do you have any idea who number one is? I'm trying to think I wrote down some names as you were going along. You pretty much nailed them all. There's one guy that, you haven't mentioned he's got to be in there, I would think. Yeah. yeah. But there's one. a couple. There's another guy. There's, uh, you want me to guess? I uh, guess Mario. Hey, Mario's number one. That is yeah. it. <laughs> Mario, Lonely B Mario is number one. Not only does he just make me laugh every week on the live show, he's always got a funny comment. Also, like a day one listener, uh, somebody who always interacts on social media. Uh, we had a chance to finally meet him, Mike, during the Louisville tailgate, I think it was, hung out for a couple hours. Just as funny in real life as he is on Twitter and social media. Someone who's always listened to us, always supported us. Uh, just an overall good guy. He's got an avatar picture of him and Jeff Godfrey. <laughs> you cannot slander Jeff Godfrey or Mario. I respect that he dies on that hill. Uh, so with all due respect to everybody else, our number one listener, Mike, I've got is Mario. Lonely. Is it Lonely Bee or Lonely Bumblebee? I never know. I'm not sure either. But that picture of him and Godfrey, that's got to be at least from 2013 at the latest, probably 2010-11. And he still wears that same shirt to every game <laughs> in 2022. He's been wearing it for at least 15 years, this T-shirt. It's got yeah. all kinds of holes in it. When we saw him at the tailgate, I was like, dude, why don't you get a new one of those? But um, great supporter. And he's just like us. He's around the same age as us. He sits mm -hmm. in the same section as us. He, yeah. he has the same kind of humor as us. I love Mario. He's a great dude. And he's he probably put on a hundred pounds since that picture. If you if you don't know who Mario is, Mario is <laughs> jacked. In that photograph, he looks like he's like a, like a buck ten. He's probably like you know two seventy five, two eighty now, like chiseled. So I'm surprised that shirt even fits him anymore, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, he's jacked up now. Who did I miss? Yeah, who did I miss on? Do I have anybody on your list that I missed? What about Brandon Shannon? Brandon Shando. Yeah. yeah, good I mean, one. Yeah. He, he's been around for a long time too. Uh, he he's always commenting on stuff. Remember, whatever happened to this guy, I hope nothing. I hope he's fine. <laughs> he used to be active with us a lot. I haven't heard from him in a, in a while. He was even on the show once. Manny Amoris. Remember you know what? Manny's still out there on Twitter. I've seen Manny a time or two. I think he's taken a, a step back on social media, but I have seen Manny out there a time or two. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, He's a good one. Um, what, what about this one? This one got me scared for a little while. I thought maybe we had like a, a stalker on our hands for something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But this was just a... A uh, new fan to UCF that really wanted to learn a lot. I, I think the name, I'm not even sure the order, but I think it was UCF MSU Clemson. Remember yeah. this character? I do, <laughs> yeah. She went I, back I, and she, she was mad that she couldn't she listen mad. to the first 50 episodes. She went back to the very first one on that we have on our feed now. Listen to all those, caught up like 50 episodes. I was, like, I was impressed and scared at the same time. And then yeah. she wanted to hear the first 50 episodes that were not available to anyone. Yeah. And I, that's maybe where we lost her. I haven't heard from her since. So. Uh, you know, I don't know how active she is on social. I haven't seen her much either. But yeah, you were right. She was mad for what? Like, I would just post anything. I'd be like, hey, the sky is blue. 
should I give me bluer if I had the first 80 episodes of this at UCF? <laughs> like she was mad for a long time. We didn't, uh, we didn't have those available to her. Uh, that's a good one though. I've not heard from her in a long time. Hopefully she's well, uh, but uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. And I don't want to leave anybody really off the list. You know, Dolly drama is kind of a Johnny come lately. Yeah. But he, he's very active with us now. He, yeah. he, he hangs in, in all the chats and all the, the live shows. Um, who's somebody that goes way back? I'm trying to think. I'm going through my friends list here on Twitter, see if we missed anybody. And you said we can't. Do you have a different list ready to go? Because we have friends of the show too. Do you have a top five friends of the show? I have a top five guest interviews if you if you need that. All right, I, I may be ready for that soon, but I, I just don't want to leave anybody out of this <laughs> other. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready. I don't want to. I don't want to jump in front here. You know what? If we didn't mention you, we didn't mention you. You got to work harder, I guess, for the next 100 episodes. Yeah, there's probably a lot of people that we've forgotten about. People have listened to us since day one, uh, and we appreciate and love all of you. These are just some names that came to mind. Again, some some OG, OGs who have been with us since the start, uh, you know, made the switch over with us uh, when we uh, made that jump in 2020, Mike. Uh, and a lot of, and, and to your point, in, at episode 400, if you and I are still alive and doing the show at that point, you know, Dolly Drama may be number one at that point, right? We have some new fans. That's the fun thing about this list is there's some, there's some diehards, some OGs, and we got some new blood in here. Uh, and my hope is in a year and, and we do episode 300, I guess it won't be a year. I can't do math very well. Whatever that time becomes, we have some, some new blood at that point too. Yeah. And it's a good mixture too. I mean, not just guys, a lot of girls listen to the show too. How about UCF Lauren? She's been a, a big follower of the oh, show. Oh, good one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Missy, yeah. Missy McAwesome. Missy. She, she's, she's been Jan to all of Jan and Britt have been listening for a long time. Right. So uh, that's cool, man. And even guys that were just started off as fans now sponsor the show. Michael Hoffman, Gordon, and Parker. Yeah. See, he doesn't count, though. Yeah. He didn't count because yeah, he's a part of the show. But yes. Yeah. But yeah, he was just a Jubilani. fan. I met him on a cruise. Michael Hoffman. <laughs> I was, he was he walked by right. me wearing a UCF shirt. I said, go Knights. He looked at me and he goes, you're Mike. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he goes, and he shows me his phone. And he goes, yeah, I was listening to the Suns. I was like, get the hell out of here. And my mom and my sis and my wife were next to me like, no way. And like, they thought it was actually pretty cool for about 30 seconds. But um, yeah. And then that, that's how I met him. And then months later, he got back in contact with us. He wanted to do something with the show. And here we are, Gordon and partners. I got a t-shirt with his name on it. You do. You do. All right. Well, I got my top five guests slash interviews. Are you, do you have a list? Are you prepared for anything? Do you have anything there? I don't, I don't have wanna, a list. Of okay. This is the one that you, I mean, it's hard to, you don't want to insult people again by leaving them off the list, but we've had some great ones. I mean, there, there may be we some have. obvious ones here. But I've, I've got, I've, these are, I've got some reasons why you're right. So number five, Mike, top five guest interviews in the first 200 episodes of the Sons of USF. Number five, there's a tie. We have a tie for number five. A tie with Maury Povich and Mike Golick. Tied Dude, for five. Those are five. Wow. Tied for five. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tied for five, Mike. Here's why. Uh, those are the biggest non-UCF names we've ever had on the show. With Maury, we solved a, a long-standing uh, issue or just uncertain item for us and why the heck he was our game day picker. Everyone always made a joke about it. Somehow we actually got Maury Povich on the show. It reminds me of a time in my life that I'll never forget. I was standing in my kitchen and I looked at my watch and I think we were supposed to talk to Maury at 7, if I remember correctly. And it was like 6.56. And I said to my wife, oh, I got to go. Maury Povich is calling me. And I turned around and I was like, I never thought I'd say that sentence in my life. And then we came in and talked to Maury Povich for like an hour and a half. Nicest guy in the world. Uh, so Maury is tied at five with Mike Golick. Uh, I remember when I texted you and said, hey, we're talking to Mike Golick. You were like, what? Why are we talking to Mike Golick? He happened to be broadcasting the UCF ECU game in 2020. Uh, ESPN somehow made him available, Mike. And we had Golick on the show, too. The, the two probably non-UCF biggest name people we've had on. Definitely. Huge names. I mean, Maury Povich is a worldwide name. 
everybody knows the show. I, everybody has watched the show at some point in their lives. And he gets a lot of crap from UCF fans for being the guest picker. That's not his fault. I mean, ESPN dropped the ball on that. They didn't have a UCF guy ready to go. But Maury told us in that interview, hey, they sent me a private jet. What was I going to do? I, of course I'm going. I'm going and I'm back the same day. He enjoyed it. So I love Maury for that. Love him for coming on the show. We still use that sounder when he says we are the father. We that's, are, yeah. that's never going away. And the Golic thing is cool, man. If, it, if you're a sports fan, you listen to Mike and Mike at some point. It's either you listen to him every day or you at least listen to him you know, for a year in and out, whatever it was. You know the name. You know him as a player if you're old enough like guys like us. Um, and he's still around. He still does the uh, God Bless Football with Stu Gods. That the, it's a huge podcast they got going. He yep. does, he's on the radio everywhere. So Mike Golick is a huge name, and that was a great conversation we had with him. A lot of stuff talking about UCF in the college football landscape. Like, do we deserve to be in the playoff? You know, I think we kind of softened him a little bit in that interview. I'll never forget. We like usually, obviously, you know, spoiler alert before we tape anything, we talk to the guests for a few minutes, like, Hey, what's up? How are you? And he was just talking to us like normal, like, Hey, what's up guys? Yeah. Glad to be on blah, blah, blah. And as soon as like, all right, we got Mike Olica, like he just turned like a switch flip. Like, and I was like, Whoa, this is a pro right here. Like you and I are goofing around, like telling jokes. And he just hit this switch where he's like, Oh, Mike and Mike radio guy is here in a hurry. Cause he was so normal before we said we were recording. Uh, that's what a pro's pro is, Mike. All right, number four on the top five guest slash interviews. Kind of a heartstring tugger for me. Number four, Otis Anderson checks in at four. The late Otis Anderson, and that's one where we went back after he uh, after he passed, and I listened to a lot of that interview, and you you heard it back now, and you understood you know some of the some of the conversation. But he was really honest, really upfront, very very raw about what he was going through. Uh, you know, a lot of the interviews we've had sometimes guests can be a little bit canned, a little bit you know coach speakish. Otis was really real. Um, you know, very honest about situations, uh, told a couple of funny stories along the way. Uh, and so that one always made me smile when I think about Otis Anderson. So uh, that's probably more of a personal one just because of uh, of, of who Otis was. Uh, but Otis checks in at number four, top five guest interviews. Man, what a player the kid was. What a person he was. Getting to talk to him that day was really cool. A lot of good stories, a lot of great moments that we're going to remember for a long time around here. And it still sucks to even think about it he's not here with us anymore. And, yeah. um, you know, that, that's a tough one for all, for a lot of us. And a lot of guys on the team, they are very close with him and, you know, that's, that's gotta affect them. They gotta think about that walking past his locker or seeing something, seeing a picture of him in, in the in the hallway. I'm sure a lot of, uh, memories come back to mind. So, um, I'm glad we got the chance to talk to him when we did, but yeah, I wish he was still here. Yeah. That one's out there and available. If you're up for it, anybody out there, it's available. It's a great conversation. Obviously, you know, if you're up for it and you're ready to listen to it, it's, it's a really good one. Number three, Mike, Justin Holman. I remember nothing about this interview except for the fact that he's the one who told us about the white horse. He's the one who dropped on us that they nicknamed George O'Leary, the white horse and that George had no clue. They called him that. And that became a quest for us for like the next like 50 episodes to figure that out. It's become a question we've asked every guest since we've had Holman on about when he called him the white horse and anybody know about it. So I don't remember much about the conversation. We talked about the hell Perryman. That was cool. Uh, we talked about him like breaking some guy's hand on a, on a, on a line drive, a swing pass but he literally gave us content for years afterwards with the uh, the white horse so he's got to be a top five all-time guest for us yeah and a good part of ucf history too remember coming in after bortles leaves early he takes over that team it really doesn't start opening day if he does we probably we beat penn state in in ireland that day still win the conference and and he was very upfront about it that game in yukon where we lost the the, the heater gate game he had his worst game. I think he threw four interceptions and he was straight up. Hey, I'm the reason we lost that game. 
you, you gotta love guys like that. Take responsibility. And then the, the Hill Perriman is, is a classic play in UCF history. That's going to be around forever. And now he gave us the white horse, which that was a secret. That was a, you had to be on the team to know about the white horse. And that was the yeah. first thing that we broke to the public of UCF where it was like, Oh crap, we're really behind the scenes now. The amount of people we've asked about it since then, and they look at us like, how'd you know that? But we talk about it like we just know, and they're, they just start telling us the stories. That is that is the one thing, I think, if you mentioned White Horse around there, that's got to be from us. Like, I don't know that we've done much around here, but if someone's talking White Horse, that's got to be a direct uh, direct quote from the Sons of UCF. So Godfrey, I'm sorry, Holman checks in at three. Jeff Godfrey checks in number two, Mike. You never forget your first. Jeff Godfrey was kind of our first long-form interview. I think it was episode 21. He was with the uh, the Apollos at that point, or he was trying out for the AAF. That's how long ago that was. He was like an hour late to the interview. You and I were like staring at each other for an hour, waiting for him to call in. Finally did. And the stories he told, he told some great um, uh, George O'Leary stories. Uh, he obviously talked about some of the things he, he was a part of. I just remember that interview ending and you and I were like, this is awesome. Like, can we do this every week? Cause I think that's when we thought we might have a show here. If we can figure out a way to get guys like Godfrey on every week. Uh, and I remember texting a couple of people like, man, you're going to love this free interview. Uh, and, and again, you never forget your first. And it was still one of the best ones out there. Shout out to Mario. Cause I'm sure you, you love this interview, Mario, but Jeff Godfrey checks in number two, all time guest interviews for the Suns. Yeah, so we haven't gotten any better. There's one person that's gotten better. And I probably know who you're going with here. Um, then the first interview we did, which was Godfrey, I remember this was a late one too. This was back in the days. I think you were still on the West coast. We was, yeah. didn't start till nine, but Godfrey didn't want to start till like 10 30. And I think we didn't really start it till like 11 cause he was late calling in, but it was worth it, man. It was worth every second. And that, that was a really cool interview. I think we've replayed it since then too. Not too yeah. long ago in the yeah. off season. So go back and find that one. You'll really enjoy it. And number one, Mike, probably no surprise. The white horse himself, George O'Leary. Episode nice. 31 uh, was the first time we had him on. Then it was episode 98 was the second one we had him on. But that first one, again, we were just a, you know, we were just messing around a little bit. We had a couple of cool guests on, but I don't know how many people took us seriously. And I'll never forget, George O'Leary got us our first ever headline in the dungeon. Required Brandon Helwig to actually post a headline that George O'Leary's on the Suns. No one else had really talked to him all that often since he walked away. And we had him for an hour plus. Uh, real good conversation. He was funny. He told some stories. Yeah, he did some coach speak stuff here and there, and he brushed over a few things. We stayed away from a few topics, too, which I'm sure people wanted to hear us hammer him on. But that was really the one that kind of gave us legitimacy. And I used that for like every guest ever since then. I'd be like, hey, by the way, you want to come on the show? We know we had Coach O'Leary on a while back. And that helped. That carried me through like the next like 10 or 15 guests there. So George O'Leary, uh, our number one all-time guest interview. Right. And two times because the second time he came on wasn't just like a 10 minute. That was like another 40 minutes. We've spent almost two hours with the man here on this show talking all different kinds of things. You see all kinds of games. The guy was here forever. He was here with, before the stadium started, you know, before they built the stadium and, you know, conference championships, everything ups and down, up and down seasons. And he didn't hide from it. We, we asked him about that, too. Um, great guy. And we were both nervous. The first time we were going to talk, <laughs> we're so scared. Like I called him the other day to try to get him on. And I was a little nervous before I called him. Um, but that's just the kind of guy he is. But still a funny guy and a good guy.
There's tons of OLIs here, Mike. Tons of, of guys who didn't make this list. Tons of conversations. Uh, we've had Coach Kruzek on. We did an Alabama special with uh, with all those guys that's on YouTube. We had uh, former President Dale Whitaker on the show once. We had Keith Tribble, the worst AD in UCF history, on. We had a, a, sl- a slew of, of, of Hall of Famers. We've had D. Brown and Bo Clark. We had Justin Pope come on the show. We were on a run there. We did nothing but Hall of Famers uh, for probably like three weeks straight. Um, so tough list, but these, these are, these are top five. These are my top five biggest interviews, I'm not saying they're the best, but these are the ones that kind of were the biggest, I think for us. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Right. That's if you put it that way, for sure. The biggest interviews, there's some that I really enjoyed a bunch of them. Um, Dexter Lyons is always one of my favorites and we've had him a couple of times. He guy cracks me up every time. Um, I think it was, I want to say Brandon Alexander was really good. And yeah. I think he had a memory like a, like an elephant and he can remember every play and the situation. And it, it was incredible. And, and the way some of these guys remember these things it is really unbelievable. They remember the play calls, even Schneider, who I can joke around and say, he's not the brightest guy, you know, he's not the sharpest. He's been through some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But he remembers the play. He, he knows exactly that. What was the play you threw to Hinshaw? Oh, 31 switch or whatever it was. And he knows exactly. Even Hin- we just had Hinshaw on recently. Hinshaw did the same thing. Right. And these are games 20 years ago. <laughs> these guys remember it like it just happened, which is pretty cool. Yeah, we can name a, a bunch of guys here overall. But Mike, 200 episodes, we've been pretty fortunate. We've been blessed. We've had a lot of people come on the show. A lot of people listen to us. A lot of people help us out along the way. I mean, obviously, you and I have zero background in doing this. I literally plugged in a microphone one day and called you and said, we're going to we're gonna do a show. And the first ones we did, like we tried to record like a Zoom call via the internet. And that's, sometimes that worked. Then we did phones for a long time. Uh, and we've evolved over time. Uh, but a nice 200-episode run. If you add in the live shows... Some of the other stuff we've done, we're probably over 300 episodes, 300 episodes of content. Easily. And like that's like two hours a, a pop. That's, that's a lot of hours of us. That's a lot of content. Yeah, it's Entire. easily over 300. The live shows, the pregame shows, all that stuff. Yeah, I used to do this thing holding my phone. I think for like the first <laughs> 100 episodes at least, it was just me holding my phone. Then I was like, oh, let me get some Bluetooth. Put the Bluetooth <laughs> I love in. Mike evolving over time. <laughs> I, I don't think the, I think the Bluetooth made it sound worse. I think I sound better just holding the phone, but it was. If guys, you don't know the pain I was going through, just my ear was red by halfway through the show. It was over. Um, now we've got this whole setup. I've got the computer. I've got this fancy microphone. We got the internet hooked up directly. I mean, this thing's pretty smooth now. This starting this season, I think really the last what 10, 15 episodes, maybe uh, we've really caught fire now. We, we've caught fire, and who knows what the next three uh, 200 episodes have for us. As you were going through your list of the guests that we have had, I just came up with the top five list. Of guests we need to get. Okay. All have right. avoided us now. All right. So the next 200 episodes, you can book these guests right here. Here we go. Within the next 200 episodes for sure. Number five, Kevin Smith, 24K. Ooh. Ooh. Now, this that's one, a possibility. Yeah. That's a, right. I feel good. We, we He's actually, we've messaged before. The challenge is he's obviously always with another college program. Yes. So we have to get clearance through that program to, to have him on. So that can be a bit of a challenge. But that's a possibility. That's not out of the, out of the question. I like that right. one. I think that would be very cool. And the best running back we've ever had, yep. maybe the best, well, probably the best single season you, anybody's ever had at 2007. UCF, yep. 2007. Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer for sure. Yep. You know, I just thought of another one. This is going to be OLI because he's not on my list, but would be cool, I think. And now it's possible. Scott Frost. I mean, for as much as people soured on him, 
He's a huge part of Listen, Mike, don't give away. Don't give away all the people I've been emailing this last couple of weeks. (laughs) Frost and Chenander are both available. So emails have gone out to people that I think are in touch with them. But perfect season. Uh, We have an in now with him with McKenzie. I think maybe we can get a little good word. I don't think we have that much of an in. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it'd be great, though, if Frost first interview post Nebraska with the sons of UCF. (laughs) I'm all for it. But I feel like our chances there are a little slim. Yeah, we're not going to get a sit down. All right, he's not on the list anyway. I just thought of him right All now. Right. Number six. But, uh, number four is a tie. Both old school guys, Asante Samuel mm-hmm. and Brandon Marshall. Mm. Yeah. Brandon Marshall, you know, can talk. That guy's on his own. He's got his own shows. He'd be great. And uh, Asante goes all the way back to our day, too. So that, those would be a fun one. Both of those guys, I think. Feel better about getting Asante than to do Brandon Marshall. He's got a lot of other platforms. He doesn't really need us to help him. Uh, Asante, I've probably he may have a restraining order against me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Number three, Blake Bortles. Ooh, yeah. Recently retired. Maybe now he starts coming around doing some interviews. Uh, he kind of wants to stay out of the uh, public. He doesn't have a Twitter. He doesn't have any kind of social media really. So I don't know how. how he really wants to do an interview. I know we've been in touch with guys that know him and say that, yeah, we could probably get him. And we, we still haven't got him through 200 episodes. So <laughs> maybe one day. We can get I, have, I have an in there. I have an in there. We've, we've, we've tried a few times. We've been told like, Hey, he'd love to. He's just not up for it right now. Fun fact though. He's building a house like 10 minutes from where I live, like literally in my community. So once it's, it's being built, of course, because why wouldn't it? He made like $50 million. Uh, I'm, I may just knock on his door. I don't know. Take the golf cart on over there. All right. Yeah. Is it going to be gated? Are you going to be able to get to it? I don't think that part. Uh, right now, there's no gate on where, but there may, it may be coming soon because it's all under construction. So right now, not gated. All right. Well, maybe I'll get take the one. golf cart and a microphone and just knock on the door and see what happens. <laughs> this could be bad. All right. Try it. See what Very happens. Bad. Very bad. Right. Number two, Mackenzie Milton. Mm-hmm. Mackenzie Milton. Now you've seen him a couple times on the live show with us. Five minutes yep. here, 10 minutes there. But we've never done a long sit down with him. 45 minutes, hour, like our normal interview, go through the whole career, you know, coming over from Hawaii, do it, you know, this first year under Frost, fumbling five times in his first game, that whole thing, and then coming in 2017, perfect season, coming back again, 18, doing it again, 25 games in a row, the injury, everything, this whole UCF career, we got to go through all that with him one day. That's, I feel like that might be doable. Yeah. I feel better about that so far than anybody else on this list. Okay. (laughs) And the number one, you know, We've said forever since we started doing interviews, we've tried to do it a thousand times. We can't get it done. It's going to get done, I think, one day. But number eight, Dante Culpepper. Nobody's really sat down with him. He, he showed up a couple times recently. He's coming around a little bit more now in this last year. Maybe soon, Dante on this show. Efforting. Yeah. I mean, I, I messages uh, have been sent. Uh, uh maybe yeah i i feel stronger about this one than i ever have in our in our career so far if you call this career i feel stronger about where we are now with this but uh, i still don't feel good about it. <laughs> all right so most of the usually we don't do interviews during the season anyway yeah. so we still got another you know 10 weeks or whatever it is off season get these guys lined up the other guy i would put oli that i really want on the show who also absolutely has a restraining order against me that I've always wanted to have, but just never replies to anything I, I ever send him. Alex Haynes. Alex Haynes. <laughs> I've always wanted Alex Haynes on the show. And for some reason, he just never responded. I had I had him once, I think. I had a connection with him, and we were messaging. And uh, and then it just went dark. I wonder if Schneider. I'm sure Schneider probably has his contact somewhere. You have his direct number, and we just, we just can't get him? 
Uh, I don't have a direct number. I have uh, uh, a connection that does, though, and that, that hasn't worked out. All right. Well, we can effort that a little bit more. We'll I think. All right. Mike's on that. All right. Yeah, those are the five guys or six or seven guys, whatever it was. That one, right. Between now and episode 300. I'm not even saying 400. Wow. Within the next 100, we got to get at least two of those guys. Mike two is calling his shots. Awesome. Uh, well, again, it's been a fun ride. A lot of people we probably could thank here. We probably should thank here, Mike, uh, who have helped us out along the way. Uh, Trace has obviously come on board and been a, a great help for us, giving us a lot of good advice and feedback over the years. We mentioned a bunch of listeners. We should obviously mention Michael Hoffman and Gordon and Partners. Their, their entry into the Suns universe has been huge for us and has opened up a lot of doors. Drew Bellani, we mentioned earlier, he was one of the first people to really kind of believe in us and sponsor the show very early on. Uh, and cool that he's come back around and want to be a part of it still. Um, probably too many people to mention here at this point, but uh, just a big thanks to everybody, Mike. It's been a fun 200 episodes, uh, and maybe we'll do 200 more. Who knows? Yeah, and just thank you to everybody that listens, man. If there, nobody's listening, what the heck would be the point in even doing this except to get out of the house, you know, get away from the wife and kids for an hour or two? Other than that, I don't know why we'd be doing going through all this work. So thank you, everybody, for listening. First 200 episodes. If you caught on late and you've only been here for the last – hundred or the last 20 you're in for a ride my friend. yes <laughs> buckle up you are in for a ride mike and when they come to the show typically they want to hear us talk about ucf football so we'll transition due to that now obviously ucf played last wednesday you and i are talking on monday we're closer to next week's game than we are to the game that was just played which is kind of unique for the way we do our show but obviously you know by this point ucf 41 smu 19 it was a a game in the first half which just looked dreadful uh, and you were pretty confident at halftime. We were up third. Or we were down 13, 10. If you saw a night Mike, I don't know if you listened to the night episode yet that, that came out tonight. Gus um, in his, in his halftime speech says, these guys gave us their best punch. That's it right here. Let's go take this thing. turns out he was right. turns out that was SMU's best punch. Uh, UCF shuts them down pretty much after that. They get a late garbage time touchdown, which I'm sure we'll touch on later. Again, a 41-19, just a dominating victory. Defense was was dominating as always, Mike. UCF now moves to 4-1, and 1-0 in the conference. Did you expect this kind of performance from UCF? Did you think that we were capable of 41-19 in the dominant fashion we had it? No, not after the first four games this season. I did not. Not after the Louisville game, not even after the FAU game, and certainly not after the Georgia Tech performance. So I was coming into this game thinking it was going to be a close one only because we were at home. I thought if we were playing these guys in Dallas like we did last year, I would have been scared that they would run the score up on us again. But being at home, I was confident that it would be a tough game, but it was going to come down to the end. I predicted overtime. I thought it was going to be one of these classics. And it was shaping up that way in the first half. I mean, back and forth a little bit here. Teams kind of feeling each other out. But in that second half, the end of the third quarter, start of the fourth, we really took control of this game and put these guys away. And that's the team that is the team that we were hoping for in the preseason that can come in and run the table and win this conference and go to a New Year's six game. That team we saw in the second half was it. Now, can they get the consistency to be that team the rest of the year? That's the question. But if we're playing like that, there's nobody on the schedule that can beat us. Not Cincinnati, not anybody else. Play that way. Dominant on defense. Uh, I mean, they were balanced on offense. We were throwing the ball better. We were running the ball better. Special teams stepped up, Mike. Special teams made some big plays. It was a great second half performance. Again, after the first half, you were shaking your head like, is this going to be Louisville part two? 
where we can't get out of our own way and, and we let SMU do this to us? Or can we actually put together an offensive performance? It was good to finally see that happen. Uh, and it was good for some of the guys. Mike Plumley, um, for his, his, you know, he's much maligned. Uh, that second half, he played much better from the quarterback spot and was a true quarterback, threw the ball, ran the ball, made the right reads, got guys in the right spots. It wasn't perfect. But uh, where are you at with Plumley's evolution as a quarterback at this point? Are you just just gonna cross your fingers and toes every week and hope you get the best of them. You think we got we got something here we can work with? Um, where's Mike on JRP? I think he could be good enough to win this conference. I don't know if he'd be good enough if we were in the Big Twelve right now, but hmm. I think in this conference he could win a lot of games. And he's just gotta not have that clunker of a game, not have that game where he throws three interceptions. And I said it on Thursday, he should have had two interceptions on that very first drive yes. last week. So he got lucky. They dropped a couple balls for him. But he's a playmaker, man, and he's a guy that can get you a first down on third and four. And we saw that a couple times in this game, too, with his feet. And not everybody – not he's probably the only quarterback on the roster right now that can do that. So, I, I mean, you take the good and bad with him. He's going to have some bad throws. Hopefully you get lucky and they drop him like they did the other night. And then he hits the ones that, that he has to make. Really, I think in the first half – at halftime of this game, I told you, I think I told a couple other people, we need him to hit one. We need him to hit one big pass in the second half. And then we'll be okay. And he hit a couple of them. And that's what won this game for us. If he can throw the ball consistently like he did in the second half. And, he, and again, it wasn't it wasn't perfect. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like we saw Patrick Mahomes out there. But if he can throw the ball consistently and make defenses have to have to cover for that too, then this offense can be lethal. With the speed we have on the outside, with the running backs we have, with his ability, JRPs, to run. And if he can get the ball in space to, to Baker and Hudson and then and, – and O'Keefe and Gamble and Holler, we've got the ability to make plays, to get some big chunk plays. That's what's tantalizing about this offense. You see it happen in the second half. You go, man, if we could just figure out how to do this, we're going to be all set. But it's we haven't really put it together consistently. It's it's kind of the odd even game theory. We played really well in game one, game three, and game five. Game two and game four, we kind of struggled. Uh, so it's kind of the odd even game theory, Mike. And while you and I are talking, by the way, Matt Wright just hit a 59-yard field goal for the Chiefs. Sheesh. Yeah. It's a long way to go. Yeah. But you know what? I, I think we are pretty hard judges on Plumlee, too. I mean, go back and look at the tape of Blake Bortles, even in 2013. Not every one of those games was a beauty contest. I mean, some of those were ugly wins. He didn't look great in all of them. Heck, even Mackenzie Milton threw some interceptions in, in key spots at some times, too. That championship game against um, Memphis in 2017, he threw a couple of interceptions, one at the very end of regulation that almost cost us at the end. And um, so he wasn't perfect either. And we look back on these guys, and I think the same thing could happen with Plumlee. Say he wins out the rest of this year, you know, and has a couple of games where we squeak by, whatever it is. Five years from now, ten years from now, we're like, hey, we were eleven and one with Plumlee. He was good, but not everybody loved every step of the way. That could turn out the same thing. Yeah, I am curious to see what the what the Plumlee conversation is like in three or four or five years, right? Like where how we look back on this because to your point, we look we you know we romanticize a lot about a lot of different quarterbacks. Uh, I'm curious where we where we are with um you know with JRP back then. But all right, let's do our category breakdowns, Mike. We'll get this out of the way. Again, you probably know most of this already. Each week, Mike and I pick uh, a couple of different specific things and uh, we attribute them to previous bowl games that we've been a part of. We have the good bowls, Peach and Liberty, and the bad bowls, Hawaii and Cure. Uh, Mike, you always lead off. I'll let you take it away first. Uh, who's the first uh, category you want to uh, announce tonight? Peach for Ryan O'Keefe. This is the guy we remember from last year. This is the guy we've been missing so far this season. Maybe not all his fault, but this is the playmaker that we we came to grow and love last year. I mean, he he did it. Six catches, 117 yards, two touchdowns. 
getting in the end zone. But is that really a passing touchdown? That, the, yeah, yeah, we should wow. talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, either way, it's a rushing touchdown. In my book, it's a rushing touchdown. But still, he he can make plays. Get him the ball. Get make, Gus last year made it a point. We got to get this guy the ball fifteen times, whatever it is. We got to get it in his hands. Now he's got Baker on the other side, so maybe it's not fifteen times, but you still got to get him eight to ten touches a game and see what he can do because he can break it from anywhere on the field. He has the speed. He showed it this week. The catch that he made in the end zone over the shoulder was beautiful. That, that Plumley hit him on and big plays in this game. I mean, now it was a 17 13 game when he makes that catch, puts us up 24 13, huge play in the game. And then his touchdown run later pretty much seals the game. He, he was the player of the game for me. It was a touchdown pass. Yeah. I mean, Gus said in the presser today that uh, O'Keefe had been a little banged up and some nagging injuries. It is good to see him get back in the offense. Obviously, he was the offense a lot of, in a lot of cases last year. Good to see him get back in the offense. Uh, and again, if he's going to be one of these weapons that are healthy, you have to defend him, Baker, Hudson, Gamble, Holler, plus our running game and JRP. I mean, I this is the tantalizing part about what this team can be if we can figure that out, Mike. I'm going to go to my category. I'm going to stay with guys who are number four, Mike. I'm going to go Kobe Perry. Uh, Kobe Perry, the transfer uh, from, I think it's Austin P. Um, got the surprise start. Quadric Buller did not play. I don't think we have an update on, on that, Mike. Kobe Perry led the team in tackles with 90 and one tackle for a loss. He had a big fourth down tackle, Mike. Uh, SMU went for it in a fourth and one, like their own 34. Had a little swing pass to the outside. This was easy, easily one where Kobe could have gotten just pulled over for a couple inches for first down. Makes a huge tackle, a huge momentum swing. Again, for a guy kind of off the bench, you know, he's played a lot this year, but a guy off the bench taking Quadric Buller's spot in that secondary. But against a team in SMU and Tanner Mordecai, Guy and, and Rashi Rice, who we knew were going to throw the ball a little bit, uh, going to come out with nine tackles, uh, one TFL, and a big fourth down stop. I thought it was a nice step in performance for Kobe Perry. I'm going to give him a peach. Yeah, that fourth down stop may be the biggest play of the game, right? Uh, SMU is trying to get back in it, and that basically shut the door on them. So, huge play out of him, and two guys number four with peaches to start off. All right, what's, the, what's next for you? Give me Devad Wilson. Give me a liberty for him. But a very solid game overall. Um, seven total tackles, a forced fumble to start the game. Very first drive of the game. SMU is moving it. They look like they had Rasheed Rice wide open. <laughs> it was <laughs> four open. guys converge on him, and and Devad's the one that pops the ball out, turns it over. Huge play in the game. Later he gets an interception right before halftime. So he's kind of all over the place here this game. I like to see that. And really, I could have split this among. Him and the rest of the secondary, even guys like Brandon Adams with a huge play pass breakup in the end zone. I know they still end up going down and I think getting a field goal after that, but still big, big play in the game. Um, overall, just solid play. This is what we've expected out of Devad last year. We know he's a vocal leader. Now he's doing it on the field. Yeah, he had that. I don't know if you mentioned the interception he had at the goal line for halftime, which yeah. you know, one of those kind of hail mary situations. Uh, but he's he's been playing better. Again, we we heard a lot last year that he was playing out of position, this first time playing in that position, uh, and he's got a lot of talent around him too. And and that secondary when they're all clicking, like you said, Mike, between him, Perry in this game, uh, Hodges, Thornton, Adams, you know, uh, Devontae Brown. I mean, those guys are when they're clicking in the secondary. Nakai Martinez comes in and makes some plays. That's a that's a dangerous group if they can stay consistent. And you you see how much T will must trust them because he lets them basically go one on one against these guys. I mean, it's basically one on one, and and he's trusting our guy to come up and make a play. Uh, you mentioned Brandon Adams. I think he had two 
uh, two plays where the receiver came down with it and literally probably would have caught it, but he swipes down at the ball and, and pops it loose for an incompletion. Um, you know, Corey Thornton got called for a, 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 a just a terrible pass interference call that wasn't. But this secondary is aggressive, and it's going to be uh, it's going to make the the rest of the defense even that much better when these guys can cover. It gives the guys on the line like Traymon and Celescar and those guys more time to rush the passer. Um, and Devon's going to be a big part of that throughout the year. Yeah, and you love seeing them click now. That that SMU offense is probably the best passing offense we're going to see all season. Right, Cincinnati's not really known for throwing the ball around like that. Um, I don't know who else you could even say is better. Right, no, ET, ECU is going to run two lanes, probably more of a running. Memphis, I don't know what to expect out of them. I don't think they're a good passing offense. They can throw it, but I don't think they're great. Right, I think SMU that was the biggest test we've seen, and probably we're going to see all season. And they passed with flying colors. They shut those guys down. I mean, Rice got his yards. They did a little bend, don't break. But inside in the red zone, once again, the defense showed up. Yeah, Rice eight between the twenties, like twelve, one hundred twenty-two yards. But you know, they uh, still the number one ranked red zone defense um, in the nation, Mike. All right, I'm going to go with a peach for. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, peach for Javon Baker. Again, didn't have a great first half, but you could tell when he came out in the second half, Plumlee was really looking for Baker, and Baker stepped up and made a couple of nice catches, had a couple of, of catches and runs afterwards, made a couple of head fakes, got loose. And I think that really helped JRP's confidence um, and, and you kind of seeing somebody catch the ball, seeing someone make some plays. Uh, Baker finishes with six for 138, no touchdowns, but he had the long of 51. Uh, but he was obviously the one of the main cogs, I think, that unclogged uh, JRP in that second half. He's been probably the most consistent receiver we have all year. I'd love to hit, have him, you know, calm down on some of the drops here and there. But again, he's been a consistent threat. It's clear JRP looks for him. And it was a great, uh, great night to see a lot of the receivers kind of step in. Kobe Hudson with his first three catches of the year, although he had a pretty uh, tough drop there as well. You mentioned O'Keefe already. Alec Holler had three catches. Gamble had, had a catch. Um, but uh, J- Javon Baker, again, uh, paces the receivers six for 138. And a uh, great game overall for, overall for him. I'll give him a peach. He's been the most consistent receiver all every week so far. Uh, and that play he made where it was just, what was like a slant? Where, and he faked one guy, stopped, cut back again, stopped again, cut back the other way, and turned what was going to be maybe a 10-yard pass into a 51-yard pass. Fantastic. The, the guy is so athletic, fun to watch. He didn't get in the end zone this week, but O'Keefe got those in there for us. Um, but still a very good game out of Javon Baker. All right, who's your last? Give me Isaiah Bowser. Give him a liberty. Good game out of Bowser. And, and you know, only 15 carries. Looking at the stat sheet for 62 yards. But those were some big yards early in the game. The first drive, we handed it to him. He started moving the ball right down their throat. Three touchdowns in this game. Bowser in the, wild ca- in the Wildcat package down by the goal line is almost unstoppable. And he gets the ball down there. Forget it. It's six points. And we've seen it again this game. Three times he scores, big scores in this game, where if he doesn't get in and they hold us to field goals and all of a sudden, instead of it being a 24-13 game, it's 16-13 or whatever it is, and we're in a dogfight for the fourth quarter. Not with Bowser back there. He, he played well. I wish they would have given him another 10 touches. And if he would have had 25 carries, no doubt he's over 100 yards. He gets 62 on 15. But it, you could see he was starting to get a little groove going there at the end. 
I wish they would have given him the ball on that first drive of the game. After we get that turnover, right? We get the we get the fumble recovery. We go down, uh, and we basically get you know uh, you know to the 25-24, and we stall out there. I would have loved to see Bowser get a couple of carries there uh, and see if we could move the pile and get an early score. Kind of that that's that age old. We have a great first drive, but settle for a field goal because we can't punch it in. That's a spot I'd love to see Bowser get uh, get some looks in. But you're right, that wild Bowser format, whatever the heck they call that thing, uh, it, it it appears to be unstoppable. We saw him actually hand it off, I think, once to. Uh, uh, to trillion coals and that did not work out very well but um you know he's he's the goal line vulture mikey you know when we're when we're five yards and in if number five comes shot on the field you might as well just put six on the board because it feels like it's going to be pretty automatic at that point yeah <laughs> that's a great feeling to have remember what we were doing last year in the, in the wildcat with with um gatewood right this is a big difference <laughs> in, in packages here so i love bowser i, I love the last year he's not getting putting up the numbers he did last year but he's staying healthy, and he's going to be here for big games. We're going to need this guy for teams like Cincinnati and on the road at East Carolina. Well, I think that maybe we don't need him to. I think that's the other thing we've forgotten about is last year we needed him to be that guy because Johnny was still coming into his own. I think Trillian Coles was playing well. Uh, R.J. Harvey was was out, obviously. Mark Anthony Richards, as we learned, was injured. I, we needed him to be everything and all the above. This year, I mean, we don't need that, right? Because we have an R.J. Harvey who's healthy and wearing for 69 yards. We have a Johnny Richardson, although we didn't get a lot of touches. We've seen what he can do with the ball. We have a Plumley now who can take some of that running game off him as well. Maybe this is the best version of Bowser we can get versus you know trying to, to run him in different plays and different scenarios where he's not equipped. Maybe this is the version of Bowser we should be seeing. It's possible. I remember last year also playing with the true freshman quarterback. You maybe relied on him a little bit more than we needed to. Um, so it's possible, but I still, he's still one of those guys that the more carries you give him, the better he gets as the game goes on. He's not, it doesn't look like he's going to be getting 20, 25 carries unless Gus is really saving him for these big games down the stretch. It depends on the game. I, I, I find it hard to believe that if we are, you know, we're up three against Cincinnati, you know, six minutes to go. We get the ball back on our own 15. I find it hard to believe that Gus wouldn't try to lean on Bowser to eat clock and just try to pick up yard after yard after yard. I got to imagine that would be a kind of scenario where Gus would go, hey, you know what? I love you, Johnny. Hey, no, I love you, RJ, but it's, it's Bowser time, baby. Like, it's we got to get Bowser in there. I got to feel like in those games, maybe not Tulane, maybe actually they're actually pretty good. You know, Navy and, and Temple, you might not see it, but I got to imagine for a team like a Cincinnati, Gus is all more than prepared to, to see the Florida Gator version of Bowser. Right. I think this week against Temple, you're going to see a good mix of all the guys. And then those next two games are big ones. At East Carolina and Cincinnati at home, Bowser with 40 carries plus combined in those two games. All right, my last category is a bit of an apology uh, as well, Mike, but uh, also recognition of a job well done. Andrew Osteen, I'm going to give Andrew Osteen a liberty. He kind of sort of lost his job. I mean, Mitch McCarthy was basically handling the punting duties, although Gus had said at a press conference that we'd still see Osteen. And surprise, surprise, we did see Osteen in this game, Mike. He only had two punts, but both of his punts got down inside of the 10-yard line. And uh, those were huge, just field-flipping, momentum-changing plays for UCF. It appears, if I'm reading this correctly, Mitch McCarthy is probably more of the the, the boomer, if you will, of punting. You know, we need a, a long, sort of a, a high-spiraling punt. It feels like McCarthy is our guy. But it feels like Osteen's more of the tactician. He's going to try to put it where, where it needs to be at. And we saw him do it twice against SMU. Those two punts he had were crucial in flipping the field, putting our defense back on the field and allowing them the opportunity to do what they do best so andrew osteen we gave you a little crap here and there but uh you get a liberty my friend you know only two punts but two beautifully executed punts 
it'd be very easy for this kid after losing his starting job to just pack it in and say, oh, you know, woe is me and this and that and not be ready for this situation when he gets numbers called again. That was not the case. He came in, executed perfectly. That that punt that puts him down at the two-yard line leads directly to points with the Morris Brash safety. So mm -hmm. great job out of him. I'm glad he stayed ready. And Gus wasn't lying to us. <laughs> he actually is using both punters. And yeah, it seems to make sense. If you need to kick the ball 40, 50 yards, 60 yards and flip the field, put McCarthy in there in the rugby style and just let him boom it and hope it bounces 20, 20 yards. But if you need somebody to put it inside the 20, then Osteen's your man. I can live with that formula. If we can keep pinning, uh, pinning uh, offenses back like that and our defense can do, then do what they do, I can I can absolutely live with that form formula, Mike. I can also live with a nice 41-19 win. Again, Knights move on to 4-1. and one. We'll have Temple next week. We'll get into that in a moment. Before we do all that, though, let's take a quick break, Mike. We need to, you know, we need to rehash after 200 episodes. We need a, we need a breather here. We're still, we're still winded after all this, uh, all this time, but uh, we'll come back. We'll go through um, Malzahn translator. We'll do headlines. We'll do picks. We'll do cow. All that's coming up. We are sponsored by Gordon and partners. This is UCF head football coach Gus Malzahn, and you should listen to the sons of UCF like your hair is on fire. Go Knights and charge on. All right, welcome back to the Sons of UCF. Obviously, a uh, great win against uh, SMU 41-19. Mike, before we move on to Temple, let's do the Urban Nooks Take It to the House moment of the week. Again, Urban Nooks Take It to the House moment of the week, sponsored by, you, you guessed it, Urban Nooks. If you want the real scoop on what's going on in the real estate market, call someone you can trust, a fellow knight who's been selling real estate for almost a decade. Drew Bellani has helped fellow knights buy, sell, or invest real estate across Night Nation. If you're navigating through this changing market, who to work with matters more than ever. You need someone you can trust. And so you can trust fellow uh, alumni, Drew Bellani. Uh, he's a shareholder. He's a UCF volunteer. Again, he's got poor choice. They're doing an event this weekend. Uh, again, a two-time alumni, Drew Bellani, Urban Nooks team, 407-456-3226. Drew and that group will give you the real scoop on real estate, Mike. And they're the proud sponsors of the Take It to the House moment of the week. Mike, my Take It to the House moment of the week I'm going to go with that O'Keefe touchdown pass, a.k.a. run the 58-yarder, because I feel like that was being set up all game. We saw Gus using that fake jet sweep motion the entire game. You know, they kept running it, they kept running it, and they finally hand the ball off, and O'Keefe gets a wide uh, a wide berth on that outside. Mike turns the corner, and he was gone. So that's my Urban Nooks take it to the house moment of the week. What's yours? I like the pass, the actual pass to O'Keefe. <laughs> the actual pass. Because uh, that was a beautiful pass, uh, and it was – at a time in the game where we desperately needed to score, uh, and it was, it was a beautiful looking play. Uh, you still can't. How can they call that a pass? That what? Because he shoved forward. It's, it's forward. It's forward. Yeah, I know, but it's a handoff. I mean, he basically handed it to him. And it forward. happened so fast. It looked like he handed it to him. Yes, but um, it's, a, it's a pass. All right, yeah. it goes in Plumlee's stats. So for the Plumlee haters that say he can't throw, he threw that one perfectly <laughs> <laughs> right into his hands uh, for fifty-eight yards, and it's a touchdown. So. Uh, either O'Keefe touchdown, you can't go wrong with. Either O'Keefe touchdown is your Urban Nooks ticket to the house moment of the week. Again, Drew Bellani, Urban Nooks, 407-456-3226. You get the real scoop on real estate from a, a real night, Mike. All right, let's let's uh, let's turn our attention now to a Temple football team that uh, 
hasn't really been playing fantastic. They are two and three on the year. Uh, they have wins over Lafayette and UMass, losses to Duke, Rutgers, and Memphis. They are coming off a bye, so we are getting them quote unquote fresh. And uh, today, Gus Malzahn met the media on Monday, and uh, he had some uh, he had some commentary, Mike. And you know what, Gus does a lot of good coach speak. Uh, sometimes it's hard to know exactly what he's talking about. So we've got you covered here. We've got our, our fancy, our handy translator. Uh, which uh, we uh, we hit the button on that, and uh, it'll tell us essentially what Gus Malzahn meant to say, Mike. So I've got some Gus clips. Are you ready to bust out the translator? I am ready. All right, this is a bit of a long one. Here's Gus on John Rice Plumley's passing. Yeah, I mean, obviously we played really good in the second half. First half, we missed a couple things, but, you know, you look at the things that he does. I mean, he gets us out of some negative plays. You know, even the first quarter, you know, an average quarterback probably would have had negative plays, and he made some positive things happen. A lot of times those things get overlooked, you know, by the casual fan. But the second half, he's very efficient. And, you know, what's happening? I mean, he runs the ball extremely well. And, uh, you know, teams are daring him to pass. And, of course, last week, uh, that was really uh, that was really good. I think it'll help us in the long run that we can do really whatever a defense gives us because, you know, they just decided to stack everybody up. They weren't going to let him run the football. And, um, you know, in the second half, we were able to, to be efficient, you know, with, uh, with making them pay for that. Gus drops a casual fan in there, Mike. What did he really mean? That's exactly what he really meant. You casual fans, you Twitter fans that don't know anything about football. You, you know some stuff. You know the ball is supposed to go to the end zone. Colors go this way, <laughs> this and that. You don't know X's and O's. You don't know talent when you see it. I knew this kid can be the starting quarterback of this team, and he proved it this day. He can run things that other quarterbacks on this roster can't do. He can throw, which he showed you, and he can be very effective in my offense. Now, he hasn't played quarterback for two years. He's played quarterback now for five weeks, and he's getting better, and he's getting better and better, and this week he showed it to you, and this week against Temple he's going to show it to you again, and he's Carolina again, and you guys are going to love him. You're going to love him by the end of the season. My faithful sons of UCF listeners, find someone that believes in you as much as Gus believes in John Rice Plumley because this he is the more Plumley plays, the more you get comments like that where obviously he's sort of calling out fans and casual fans and you know he got us out of things that other people couldn't get out couldn't get us out of. Uh, it's it's clear obviously where Gus is at and again he but he said it in that same soundbite Mike they they basically stacked the box and dared us with the football in this particular game we were able to do that we saw what happened against Louisville when we were not so which version of that are we going to get going forward because other teams are going to do the same thing too so are we going to get the version of JRP that can throw the ball effectively or are we going to get Louisville JRP I think that is the most important thing we have to find out Mike Gus was asked about his special teams play, and uh, this is what he had to say. And Boomer, that's been a breath of fresh air with him coming in, just with the way he's done. He's a real confident guy, and, you know, he's done an unbelievable job. You know, our new punter is really getting the ball out quick and, and pushing the ball down the field. Osteen had the two inside the 10, and so we're starting to come together, um, you know, as a special teams. We need to continue to build upon that. All right, Mike. Um, Colton Boomer is a breath of fresh air, according to Gus Malzahn. I don't know if that needs much translation. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking, guys. I am so sorry that I, in the first couple games, this is my apology to you. I don't know why I had Obarski out there. I'm going to tell you it's because Boomer wasn't 100%. He, he was a little banged up, but it's obvious now that this kid is my kicker, uh, and he's hitting 40-plus yarders with ease. I'm very confident sending him out there. I don't feel like I have to go for it on fourth down every time anymore. This is a big difference to our team. 
is, is there any part of you that feels bad for Obarski? I mean, he's just catching stray after stray in press conference from guys. There's no part of you that's like, man, that poor kid. No, I mean, he's yeah, he's not getting paid. Yeah, you know, he's probably 19, 20 years old, and he's got 40 year old dudes on podcasts talking shit about him. Mm-hmm. That part I feel bad for. Okay. But him not kick being the kicker anymore, I do not feel bad at all. Yeah, the kid couldn't kick. He couldn't. <laughs> he couldn't keep the ball in bounds on kickoffs for two years. And then he couldn't keep the ball in in between the uprights. He's just not a division one college kicker. I'm sorry. He's not. I mean, he's still on the roster. He's still got a scholarship. Okay. So enjoy that for as long as it lasts. I don't know if he's going to be on this team next year. He's got a, he's he's got a COVID year. He's got a COVID year. He's a no. senior this year. He's got a COVID year, though. He can go someplace else. Yeah, yeah he can go someplace else. This is exactly what's going to happen. He's going to have to go someplace <laughs> else because he's not staying here. Uh, obviously, Boomer is the kicker going forward, and we got another guy coming in, right? The number one rated kicker to push Boomer next year. The only thing about Boomer, he's got a really short stroke. Like he kind of like stabs at the ball a little bit. Like you see a lot of kickers, you know, with the leg, high leg extension. Boomer's got a really short stroke. Don't know if that helps or hurts. I'm not a kicking expert. We should find one. I'm not sure if that helps. So the most extra points he was, he was banging through that looked a little squirrely, but they, uh, they went in. So something to look out for Mike. Um, obviously we're playing temple this week. Uh, Gus was asked to talk about his relationship with temple head coach, whose name I don't know. And I don't think Gus does either. You know, I, I know who he is. I don't know him well. I know coach hand worked with him. We got a lot of respect. He's a football coach. He's a real football coach. We know that. And you can see that when you, you know, turn on the film. All right, Mike, <laughs> what did Gus really mean to say? I don't know anything about this guy. <laughs> coach hand said he heard about him. I don't even know if he's telling me the truth, but I know nothing about him. They tell me he's a real football coach. What is he? A fake football coach? He goes out there with the team every week. So <laughs> I, I'm guessing he's their real coach, but you really, I, I have no idea anything about anything about this guy. That's the best answer I've heard. I think he's a, he's a real football coach though. Yeah. Real, real good. He coaches <laughs> coach and knows him. I don't know much about him. That's the best Gus Malzahn answer of all time. Cause it's absolutely what he meant. It was like, I have no idea who this guy is. Maybe they're good. I have no clue. Do you even know his, the head coach's name? I should because I mentioned it week one. I he was in one of the picks, and I completely they were playing Duke, right? And I completely forgot his name. I can go back in my notes here and see if I find it. But Mike, is it? I don't want to. I don't want to go through your notes. His name is Stan Drayton. Stan, Stan, Stan Drayton is uh, is Temple's head coach, and Gus has no idea who he is. Do you no. think it's any any chance that at the at the midfield after the game, Gus shakes the wrong guy's hand because he's not sure which guy's the coach? <laughs> it's possible. It's very possible. Some guys uh, like, hey, uh, Gus, I'm just a GA like that. He's he's the head coach over there. But this guy's actually done a decent job with this team. I thought Temple was the least talented team in the conference. They, that first week they got blown out by Duke, but since then they haven't been horrible. I mean, they at, their defense is playing okay. Their offense sucks, and, and against our defense, it's a great matchup for us. They shouldn't do anything, but their defense has played better than I expected them to. Uh, they shut down Memphis for a half a couple weeks ago, and you know at least they're getting better that way. I give them a shot against the Cows now. I think early in the year I probably would have picked the Cows. Now I think I might pick Temple. All right. Well, good luck to Coach Dan Drayton in the cow, uh, on the Cows game, Mike. Uh, this week uh, is uh, the Space Week, Mike. We'll bust out the Citronaut Space Uniform concept. Also, the 100th game in the Bounce House. So uh, that's a, a nice, uh, fortuitous um, opportunity. Gus was asked about the uniforms, uh, Mike. Here's what he said. I, mean, I like it. I mean, it looks good to me, and I'm kind of boring and all that. So if I like it, it's probably pretty cool. You know, I like the helmet, too, and I usually don't get into all that stuff, but when they showed it to me, like, it's pretty cool. 
All right, Mike. An excited <laughs> Gus Malzahn. He likes it. What did he really mean to say there? I have to say I like it. I can't say I don't like it because, you know, obviously this is something that the school puts a lot of effort into and a lot of money behind. And we, we promote ourselves as Space U. And this is a big deal for us. But really, I don't care, guys. I don't care about the uniforms. As long as the guys are dressed when we go out onto the field and they know what plays we're running, that's all that really matters to me. But uh, sure, I'll say I like it just to be uh, I'll fit in with the crowd. You cannot convince me now or ever that Gus did not roll his eyes when DeSalvo walked in with that space game uni. There's no way Gus looked up and went, Ugh, whatever, and just kept on on whatever notebook he was looking at, whatever, trying to figure out who Temple's coach was. There's no chance he didn't roll his eyes. <laughs> no, I, I just imagine O'Leary sitting in that chair when they come in and show him the space uniforms. That would be great. But he, he tips something. Must be a new helmet because he's like, I also like the helmets too. So there must be something with the helmet, um, which I, I mean, usually they do something with the helmets or at least they, last year they just put stickers on there. So maybe there's a, a whole new helmet concept. Uh, but he's like, I thought those are pretty cool. I don't usually like anything. And those are, those are good for me. Uh, so I'm not excited about that. We've seen the moon helmets. Those were the coolest of the space were, helmets yeah. so far. Right. And they, they said each one of those was hand painted. I still don't know if I believe that. Is that true? And they were all painted exactly the same. They can't be. But they say it, so I guess I'm going to have to go with it. Okay. Um, I don't think Gus really cares. I, I really don't care. And it kind of leads me to my top five list of things that most UCF fans go crazy about that I don't care about at all. Well, there's, there's only five of these? Okay. Yeah, I, I like, narrowed it down to five. There's to be a lot of, of uh, outside looking in, sir. <laughs> Number five, the stadium music. Mm. People lately have lost their minds over the stadium music, in particular one song. Um, <laughs> Exactly. And people think that it's the end of the world for them, for college students to be singing this song that came out in what? When did that song come out? In the 70s? 60s? Uh, 50s, before that. 50s? Whatever it was. Frankie Valley. Um, people get all upset about it. Who cares? It's a couple of minutes. Like I said last week, go get a hot dog. Go to the bathroom while they're playing the music. What difference does it make what music they play during commercials? That's a nope. good one. I mean, I, I like, so I'm, uh, maybe that's not the right song, but I'm of the opinion. I like a little crowd sing along, a little audience participation situation. I don't love the wave per se, but this is one fun thing that you can all yell and scream and, and do something to. I know, I know this is blasphemous for you, Mike, because it's a Red Sox thing, but they play Sweet Caroline, right? That's always something. I was watching the, the London game here. The Packers have that thing where they yell, go pack, go. I like that there's some audience uh, participation. This might not be what I would pick, but it it's something and it's something that people can all do and until we come up with something better like i'm st- i'm good with it yeah and it all really depends on when in the game they play it the first time they ever played it that boise game it was coming off right after they snapped the ball over the punter's head in the end zone we got a safety we we were on a roll we just came back and took the lead you kind of gotta maybe it's not gonna be end of the third quarter song every week but it's one it's at a point where the team is rolling and the crowd is into it then you got to play it then and you get the best reaction i think that way all right. What's number four? Number four of the things I don't care about that everybody seems to lose their mind over. Nugget. <laughs> nugget. I really don't care if this is Nugget 1, Nugget 2, Nugget 4. I, what's the difference? It, it's, a, it's a mini horse that walks around pregame. People want to take pictures and pet it all the time. I don't care. Why, why is he there? Even though, I guess because of Pegasus horse, they had a kid. I don't I don't even know the, the origin well, story. Scandalous. Easy. <laughs> Family show, Mike. Jeez. But, um, I don't care about Nugget, and I don't know why you guys do either. 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, uh, Nugget's only funny on social media, and I doubt that Nugget's actually typing out those tweets. Uh, uh, I think it's a good mystery that I want to solve. That's really the only thing I want to get to the bottom of is what happened to Nugget. Where where did he or she go for that period of time? Who is this imposter? Is this not the real Nugget? Is this the real Nugget? I just want the story. I don't really care about Nugget. And by the way, can't take my eyes off of you. 1967. All right. We do know that Nugget was bucking in the end zone the other day. That's what I heard. Trace Trucko confirmed it for us. Number three, I don't care about. When people refer to us as Central Florida. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, that's the name of the school, University of Central Florida. That is what it is. I know everybody wants to be called UCF all the time. Maybe people do it on purpose. Maybe they don't. But uh, it doesn't bother me. I don't lose sleep over it. I definitely don't go to Twitter and start telling everybody every time they do it that they need to stop doing that. So I, uh, yeah, of all the, the slang terms that people use for, for UCF, um, I, Golden Knights doesn't bother me that much because I think it's just a hockey thing. UFC bothers me a little bit, but I can understand how you do the slip of the tongue there. Central Florida is actually the one that does bother me the most just because I feel like it's, it's easy enough to say UCF. It's easier to say UCF. And I feel like no one's calling it University of California, Los Angeles. Like, I feel like it's, you know, we, we've got an establishment here. I think when people do that, they're either just trying to do that or they're, there that means they don't really know much about you so when someone drops to central florida i recognize i'm probably not going to get some good information on anything that's said after that person says central florida or maybe it's people that don't want to slip up and say ufc by mistake or usf by mistake so they just you know they elongated a little bit central florida this way they don't make that that error what do you think no it's possible anything is possible any any and all options are available but uh that's the one that gets me the most central florida all right these top two things I know people really care about. Really, like, I, and I don't really get it. I mean, I, I understand it, but not really. Number two, Space U. Mm. And this whole week is about this. <laughs> we are Space U. I, I understand Kennedy Space Center. You know, it's lined up with the 50-yard line. It's right down the street, this and that. We have a big ties to, to Nassau. And I just don't care. I, I don't you say, care. You say Nassau, like Bahamas or Nassau? Yeah, yeah Nassau, Bahamas. <laughs> okay. Nassau. Okay. Um, I just don't care that we're Space U. And I, I, I know there's they sell a lot of T-shirts about it. I don't own anything that says Space U on it. I don't. Um, I have a couple Citronaut shirts, but really they're old shirts. Um, I, I'm not into changing the name to the Citronauts. I'm not into making us blue and all this stuff. So. If we didn't do it anymore, I'd be fine. I get that they make money off it, so go ahead and do it this week and make as much money as you can. But uh, if it went away, I wouldn't care either. I'm good for a one-game-a-year sort of specialized thing. NFL does that with color rush and throwbacks. Obviously, you know these aren't really throwbacks per se. I'm good with a one-time-a-year thing. I agree with you. I don't really get all excited about the space situation. I'm more the Citronaut mascot is probably funnier to me and more inviting to me than the whole space thing. I don't think I own any space U gear either per se. Um, I'm wearing the sun citronaut blue hat here, but that's just because it's the color outside of that. I don't really, uh, the space thing, I don't, it doesn't move me one way or the other, but I don't mind the one, one week of the year, do something different, do something creative. Recruits seem to love this kind of thing. If we can throw on one, one new pair of laundry for a week and everyone loves it, it's a win-win for us. Yeah. But it, and it's, it's everything. It's the launches. Now there's like three launches a week or whatever it is. And people, Oh, look at the launch right over the stadium. Yeah, they all look exactly the same. I, I can't tell the difference. So, so you're pretty much anti-space program. <laughs> this is where, where this is. I think outer space is cool, but okay. I mean, they're all every one of these rockets or whatever they're shooting that, up. Yeah. They all look exactly the same to me. 
um, I don't know what exactly like, what they're doing. They're just cool, shooting yeah. stuff out in space for the for the heck of it. I do recall when we were in college, we drove all the way out to Cape Canaveral one night yeah, to, to one watch time. a space launch. So that was cool. Right. Yeah. When you the, get the, the first time. It. Yes. Yeah. The one and only time that we did. Cause that was I mean, also fair. It was fun. And then it was over. And then we went back to, <laughs> back to the apartment. All right. Um, all right. The number one thing I don't number care one. about that everybody me. does. And that's where this topic started. The uniforms. Mm. I do not care about the uniforms. I do not care about the patches. We've done this a uh, hundred times on here. So I yeah. need to rehash, but it's just the one thing that everybody loves. Everybody cannot wait tomorrow to see the unveiling of the space uniform. I, I can see it on Saturday. <laughs> It'd be just as fine. Oh, so, but you can't with Thursday. Thursday. Ah, <laughs> I gotcha. Um, yeah, again, look, I think it's unique because it's the one time of year they're doing something interesting and fun and cool and creative, right? So I think that's the that's the draw. I don't set my watch every week for the regular, you know, game day uniform reveal. I like to see what we're wearing. I do, you know, I do like to have some options and some combos that you can kind of play around with. Uh, again, but here's the problem: your condition as a Yankees fan. I mean, you're just used to two uniforms, and that's in your entire life, right? Like that's that's how you grow up. That's your tradition. Um, you know, I think having a little bit of variety, I think it's fun. So, what are you gonna yeah. do? Yeah, different brands. I guess the older you are, the the least, the less amount of uniforms you need. You know, you, Alabama wears the same thing every week. So does Ohio State. So does Michigan. So. I guess we're oh, Ohio State does this whole um, they do blackouts now black for black right. sake I think if someone calls it uh, they have blackout helmets and they have blackout stuff I think they do a different jersey scarlet colored jersey um, so I think some schools Alabama I don't think ever does anything because I imagine Saban has no time for that right imagine going to a space game in Alabama that, <laughs> well, that'd be wild that's, that's wrong for a lot of reasons all right last Gus Malzahn quote like he was asked uh, the ACC Interesting, con- or um, AAC, excuse me, interesting conference this year. He was asked about uh, his thoughts on the AAC. There's some really good teams, um, you know, and of course it was, it's been that way for a long time. But, you know, I think this conference, you know, gets overlooked a lot of times with some really, really good teams. And there's some of those that, um, you know, I think will be there towards the end. Like I said, we're going to get everybody's best shot. And we got Temple, and Temple's much improved. And we got to play good football. And really, that's the only thing on our mind right now. All right, Mike. So Gus says that uh, some really good teams in the AAC, and we got Temple. Yeah, <laughs> there's some decent teams, but Temple is not one of them. This team this week is probably the, one of the worst we're going to see all year. Um, the Cows being up there with them, even Navy is up there. But this is a game we should handle. Uh, we just got to take care of our own stuff and not let anything else get in the way. But if, if we play clean football, there's no way this team stays with us. I mean, Gus has got to be enjoying that. There are teams in the conference like SMU who are not playing as well as they, they're supposed to be. Houston almost loses to Memphis. They come back with a win. That would have been an interesting loss for, for Houston, but obviously they're not not as formidable as people thought they were going to be. Tulane seems to be really a team that uh, is playing well. The Cows take Cincinnati down to the wire and hung in that game for a long time. Um you know, Navy gets uh, just trounces Tulsa. Are they any good? I mean, I think I think Gus has to be sitting in a good spot, looking at the rest of the conference, saying, "Okay, we're peaking at the right time. The teams around us are kind of cracking and crumbling a little bit. Hopefully, we can do that again against Temple." But I mean, you got to like your position if you're Gus in the AAC right now, right? And this win against SMU was a huge win. SMU is going to be one of those teams in the top three or four of this conference. Having that head-to-head against them is huge. Same thing with the Cincinnati game coming up. Houston, we don't even play, but they look like they're knocking themselves out already. So we're in a good spot right now. As long as we just take care of business, do, play the football that we're, we are capable of playing, we should be able to play on this championship Saturday. 
Well, to do that, Mike, we got to be Temple. And so we're going to help you out. We're going to tell you what's going to happen before it happened. These are Friday's headlines today. So obviously the game is Thursday. So Mike and I will tell you what's going to happen by reading you the headlines we suspect will be in the paper or on the internet on Friday. Mike, I will let you take the first headline, the first foreshadowing. Where do you want to go? Ground control to major win. Mm. Running game eclipses 300 yards in the win. That's going to be the key to this game. Can we run all over Temple? I believe we can. Their defense, though it's getting better, you know, um, we should be able to score on them. We, we should be able to run the ball right down their throats. It's a home game. I think we do it on the ground. I think Bowser early, and then you rest him up for the next couple of weeks, and R.J. Harvey and Johnny just go off on these guys. We, we run all over them, and that's the key to victory. Did we dust off Marketing Richards? We dust off everybody. <laughs> if the game goes, the game goes to the way it should. We should be up 35-3, nothing at the half. Second half, you know, every I want to see Jordan McDonald. Let's get Ooh. you know, let's get all these guys out there and get them some touches. Okay. All right, here's my first headline. Temple of Doomed, Knights D, too much for Owls in convincing. When you mentioned it earlier that the Owls off is not uh, prolific by any means. If our defense can stay focused and not sort of play down to the opponent, which we're guilty of doing from time to time, Mike, we can stay focused, get a couple of good stops early on, a couple of turnovers. This thing could get out of hand in a hurry if the same defense that we saw last week shows up again this week. Uh, So I think uh, the defense dominates again and Temple is doomed. Yeah, just don't give up any... Missed assignments, any big plays. Remember, we gave up a 140-yard run. I think it was 39-yard run touchdown this past week. We've seen a couple, you know, I think Georgia Tech busted us for a a big play or two. Just don't let anything like that happen. These guys are not going to be able to march down the field on us and put the ball in the end zone. Their their offense is just bad, and our our defense is very good. So that, that this should be not a problem. Yeah, I, this is let's just not play down to you know to the team we're playing against, right? We've had a couple of these throughout the year. Their quarterback EJ Warner threw three interceptions last time out against Memphis, so he's obviously someone who's going to give the ball up potentially. Hopefully, somebody in our secondary can take it away from him, and uh, that'll be really good news. That's right, and you're kind of leads into my headline. All right, here you go. The same uh, thing. Owls offense lost in black hole. Knights defense shuts out Temple. Ooh. As you see, I've gone with a couple of space-themed uh, headlines here for the first couple. Um, yeah, I, I believe you, this. You, you just said you hated the space. Yeah, I said I don't care about the space, but it's space week, and I, I gave you a couple of space headlines. Okay. Uh, the black hole of this defense, maybe that's a good nickname for this defense because teams, especially in the red zone, it is like a black hole for these guys going up against our defense. And I think this if we're going to shut a team out, the rest of this way, I think Temple is the team to do it against their offense. Like I said, it's been bad against our defense. It's a bad matchup for them. So just shut down the run. And, you know, I, like I said, 35 nothing at the half. And, it, and no garbage touchdowns this week either. And I don't think these guys are going to be calling a timeout when they're down 40 points. So let, let's see uh, what our defense can do here. I think shutout is possible. I'd love to see it. When's the last time we shut somebody out? Uh, 62 nothing against uh, Bethune-Cookman or FAMU a couple years ago to open the season, I think. Okay, okay. That might be it, yeah. Yeah, I'd love a good shout-out, especially in conference, uh, home game, 
Space game, 100 game of the bounce house, Thursday night, primetime ESPN game. That's the other thing that last Wednesday's weird schedule afforded us is that a lot of people had a chance to watch us play. And now you're seeing guys like Desmond Howard tweeting that UCF stock is up. Uh, you're seeing guys like Lewis Riddick who are watching the game saying, I can't wait to see Plumlee play when he calls the game this week. Um, so that primetime standalone game spot was big for us last week. If we can do something like that again this week, we may trick some people into voting for us, Mike, because we know that these uh, these writers only watch like three or four games a week. Uh, there's no other game to watch on Thursday. You're not watching Bears Commanders in the NFL, so you might as well watch UCF Temple. Uh, maybe we get a big win, sneak out some votes. Yeah, this would be the week to start getting votes, especially if we put up an impressive number. We put up a 50 spot on these guys, shut them out. That's going to open some eyes. That I mean, people have been beating Temple, but nobody's beat them down that badly. Uh, Duke did it 30 nothing the first week. If we put it 50 nothing, then I think maybe we'll start getting some votes. Well, if that works, Mike, my headline might come into play. Ouch! UCF rushing attack hurts the Owls defense. I, I think this is another game where we can win this thing on the ground, Mike, play to our strengths, uh, you know, get a bunch of touches for all those guys. Uh, Bowser, Harvey, Johnny Richardson only got like three, four touches last game. I imagine he's going to get a heavy workload this game. Uh, maybe we dust off some Jordan McDonald, some Mark Antony Richards. I think you'll see Plumlee, obviously, and a few keepers, a pretty vanilla basic passing attack. Um, but I do think this is a game where we can run all over the, uh, over the Owls put this thing away early, choose some clock and make some big plays here and there. Maybe one of those O'Keefe not run pass situations again, who knows, but I think it'll be a, a, a rushing, a rushing endeavor by the Knights again. Yeah. And this is a game to, I mean, we still going to have a couple of extra days to get ready for that next game on the road against East Carolina, but this is a game where we could get guys out early, do that, get them well rested and ready to go for that. This is a big stretch coming up after this one. Take care of business. It's kind of like a, another mini bye week we got coming up. And this game, I've been calling up basically a bye week when, since the schedule came out. So make it that way. Wow. Mike's calling it out. All right. What's your, uh, what's your final headline, Mr. Uh, space theme? Uh, Citro not in our house. <laughs> UCF wins fourth home game of the season. Uh, we have to get back into dominating at home. That's been the key to this team for the last five years now is nobody comes into our house and beats us. Well, Louisville already did that this year. we got to get that corrected. No more. We cannot lose another game at home this year. And if we do that, we should be in good shape. That means we beat Cincinnati at home. We definitely take care of business against these guys and Navy down the road later. Um, this should be a good home record for us. And keep that going and get that back, that winning streak going again. We, we kind of got snapped there with, with the, the Louisville game. Now we've got two in a row, make it three in a row this week, four in a row with Cincinnati. I don't think we've ever lost a space game, have we? No. I think we are undefeated in space games. I forget 2017, we just put the patch on the jersey, but I think we that won was, that one. 20. I believe against Temple, too. The very first space yeah. game, I think, was Temple. So undefeated there. Again, 100th game in the bounce house, space-themed, Thursday night, standalone game, you know, conference game, a good opportunity to show everybody what we have. This would be a nice win, Mike, especially, uh, you know, a home game, of course. Uh, this is one we, we got to dominate. Yeah, 100th game in the bounce house is kind of hard to believe, too. The stadium's been around for 15 years now. Um, I went through the uh, game by game, like trying to remember which games I went to, which games I didn't. I came up with, I've been to about 33 to 35 games of the of the 100. Um, a lot early. The first season, I went to every single one, um, 2007. 
uh, it kind of tapered off there the last few years, a couple years where I didn't go to any the 2015 season, which was just dreadful. Uh, I didn't go to the first couple. And then once we were like, oh, and six and seven, I wasn't making that drive up there. Um, and then 2020 with the COVID season, obviously no games that year for me either. But and now the last couple of years has been one or two per year, uh, but still 33, 35. I have two lists here. I don't know if you want them both or you want one of them. I want them all, baby. What do you got? (laughs) What do you got? I've got my top five games that I've attended in the bounce house. Okay. All about you. All right. And I've got top five games I did not attend in the bounce house, but wish I did. Okay. Sure. Hit me with them. All right. Let's go with the top five that I've been to. Number five, 2007, first year championship game against Tulsa. Mm. Now, this was a long time coming. We had never won the conference before. 2005, we played them in the Citrus Bowl in the championship yeah. game. We lose that one. You get revenge. We know our history with Tulsa has not been good. We beat them up earlier in the season, too. And we beat them by almost the exact score in the championship game. Kevin Smith went off. And it was just a great day. It was a great feeling to have a stadium at on campus and to be able to go there and win a championship in the first year. It didn't really get better than that at the time. Big right? time. All right. Number five. All right. I'm Number here. four. This was a big game at the time. I thought it was. It was a turning point in the whole program. 2011, Boston College, the Red Bandana game. Mm. I remember and you were at this one too, I believe. Um, that was a big one. Coming off that 2010 season, the Liberty Bowl beating Georgia. We we uh, blow out, I think, Georgia Southern or something in week one. Then we come back and we play Boston College. It's a big name. Um, I think the first P5 that we – no, no, maybe. One of the, one of the first P5 wins at, in the stadium if not the first. Um, just a big win. The, the crowd was going nuts that night. It was a low-scoring game for most of the way, and then we broke it open in the fourth quarter. Jeff Godfrey running over Luke Keekley in the end zone. 30-3, to three, I believe, was the final score. Uh, just a, a fun atmosphere to be at. A very cool game. Number three. I was 2000. not at that game, by the way. You were not at that game? I'm pretty sure it wasn't. I thought you did. It's I possible. I, I highly doubt it. All right. Highly doubt it. Um, 2009 against Houston, mm. first ever win against a ranked team. That was a very cool game. Um, just, you know, we were not supposed to win that game. Houston was a very good team that year. They had a very high-powered offense. They came in. I came into that game thinking we were probably going to lose, and, and we pulled it out. And it was a great time, great atmosphere. It was not a sold-out game, but a, a decent amount of people there. And the people that were there remember it. And um, Quinn was it yeah Quincy McDuffie I believe with a touchdown in the end zone over like three different defenders probably an ill-advised throw but <laughs> still got the job done and a big win for history making win for us um number two the top two are classics that I was at the 2018 game the college game day game against Cincinnati mm-hmm. number two uh just all around all day just having college. I, you know what I did this morning? I watched like the first five minutes of college game day from when they came to UCF. I don't know why somebody had mentioned it or something on Twitter. I just went back and, and looked at it, man, was that place rocking? It was fun, man. Go back and watch the first couple of minutes of that intro. Uh, that'll get you the goosebumps going. Maybe one day we'll get these guys back on campus, but that whole game, everything about that day was awesome. Um, and, and a big win for us. So that was number two and number one, 2017 against the cows. The Mike Hughes game, instant classic, probably the best game um, ever played at UCF in the stadium, before the stadium, bowl games, anything. That that was it, that, and it still is. So 
back and forth against the hate the hated cows. And there was so much hype going into that game. So much hype leading up to that game. I was pumped up going into that one. Thought we blew it a couple times. Yes. Pulled it out at the end. Classic. All right. Top five games you wish you had been at then. All right. Top five games I did. So there's some good ones I never got to go to. Um, number five. I'm probably missing some here. But number five, 2009 against Marshall. Remember the big comeback there at the end. We were down in the rain. I remember this game because it was during the World Series. The Yankees were in the World Series that year, 2009. I was watching both games at the same time. And um, I was like, damn, I could have been at this game. But at the same time, I wanted to watch the Yankee game. So that's probably the reason I didn't go. But still a classic. Number four, 2014 against BYU. An overtime Mm. thriller. Yeah. Uh, Justin Holman, we mentioned him earlier in the show, but that was a big game for him. Uh, A big win. I remember uh, watching that one down here. Uh, That would have been a cool game to be at. I think it was like a Thursday night, too, or a Friday night. I think it was a Thursday. It was a midweek game. Um, Big win for us. Number three. 2013 against the cows. Oh, the first one, time yeah. we ever beat the cows. This was a, uh, you know, just a banner night for the program and what was the best season we've ever had at the time. And I could not be there because I had a baby the day before. So I, there was no way I was making it up there. I couldn't leave the hospital, leave the wife and kids down here. Yeah. Definitely. So I watched that one in the hospital room. Former uh, guest of the show, Jordan Ozerites, with a big interception to seal that one. That's right. First game I ever watched with my second daughter. Obviously, she was just born. I was holding her while Ozerites intercepted that ball. I almost spiked her. Okay. Um, Good thing I didn't. That happens. That happens. (laughs) Right. But uh, yeah, never forget that one. And the top two here, championship games, both of them. Hmm. Number two, 2018 championship game, the Daryl Mack Jr. game, where he comes back, six touchdowns, down huge early in that game. Hypo with the, the uh, hype of the crowd, yeah. Hyping yeah, up the crowd, one. even though right after that, um, you know, Otis fumbles the, the punt and they score to go up 17, I believe, right before halftime. Uh, but just an incredible comeback in the second half. That was the one. And then the number one game that I wish I was at 2017 championship game against Memphis that goes to double overtime. Another classic that right the week after the Cal game, you had that game. I, I don't know how half of us survived that, what, eight days. Uh, that entire weekend. month, man, because then he went from that to Frost leaving, who's the coach, going yeah. to the Peach Bowl, what's going to happen. That entire month, basically from, from Black Friday, actually before that, because I think the rumors about Frost happened after we beat Temple in Temple. That's when they had cheesesteaks together, right? Those last, like, I don't know, like eight weeks of the season are just just merciless on us. Yeah, yeah. So much before fun, that, the, since the SMU game with the baby watch and all that, you know. That whole run w- was incredible. But that championship game, I wish I could have been there for that one. I don't know why I wasn't there for that one. Now looking back on it, hmm. I was there the week before. I, yeah. I, just, I don't know why I didn't go back up for that one. There had to be something else going on down here where I had to stay down for like Sunday. I don't I don't know. It's December 2nd. I actually have it behind me here. December 2nd. I don't know. It's not an important date in your life. No. Birthday my party for the kid. What's that? Birthday party for the kid? Uh, no, because... The cow game was the 24th. Friday. I came back. Her birthday, we celebrated that Sunday. I came back Saturday. We decorated. Sunday was her birthday party. Her birthday is the 28th. The next week, there had to be something else going on. I don't remember what it was. My grandma's birthday was like December 9th, but that would be the following week, unless we did, had it for some reason do it earlier. I, 
I don't remember, but right. for some reason I wasn't up there. Do the research. Let us know. I have one more headline, by the way. Uh, that's Kamore, senior tight end with a big game as a knight. We have not really seen a Kamore gamble breakout game, Mike. I'd love to see one here against Temple. Those are Friday's headlines today, Mike. Before we get into our break here, remind everybody about Home Field Apparel, Mike. You can go to Home Field Apparel if you're watching on camera. I have one of their shirts on right now. They, uh, they, uh, this, this is the version of uh, the Knights script in the gold. Uh, they have fantastic shirts. They're super comfortable, made by fans for fans. You can go to homefieldapparel.com. If you type in Suns12 at checkout, 15, 1-5% off your order. First-time customers only. They have two new shirt drops and a new hoodie drop as well, plus some old vintage-style stuff as well. Um, sounds like maybe some more stuff coming soon. So if you haven't gotten on there now, go ahead and do that. Suns12. Again, you can get this one, Mike, that I have, I'm wearing now, the black with the night script, and I have a bunch of other retro stuff there as well. Homefortheapparel.com. You're not going to regret it. These shirts super comfortable. Yeah, they look really comfortable. They look really nice. I like the designs. Uh, yeah, so I'm definitely going to pick up a couple myself. You're wearing it now. Does it even feel like you're wearing it? Is it okay? This shirt that I'm wearing, the Sun shirt, the yeah. Gordon and Partner shirt, I love this shirt. It's very comfortable. Very good. Yes. Those it, are good how shirts. would you compare the shirt you're wearing to this one? Ooh. See, the, the Gordon and Partner shirt, I'd be okay like going outside and getting a sweat on this one. This one's too nice. I don't want to go sweat it up. You know what I'm saying? Like Gordon and Partners, I go out and get a quick run in in my uh, my Gordon and Partner Sun shirt. This one's too too nice, too fancy. Fancy. All right. So you gonna break yeah. that one out for a big game? You gonna you know save it maybe for the um, game? I'm conflicted because I never worn it before, right? So I don't know. Uh, it's one of those where you break in a shirt for the first time. Um, I got another one uh, with a Citronaut squeezer guy. I may wear for the game Thursday. So I need to I need to figure out when I can break out this one. I've been usually going with the black with the white night script. That's been my shirt of choice. We've been pretty successful when I've worn that shirt. So that's usually been my shirt of choice. I don't know. I'm always weird switching it up uh, at some point in time. See, the Cincy game, I believe, is going to be the night mode game where the yes. uniform is going to be black with a little bit of gold kind of looking like that shirt. Yeah. So that might be the time to break it out, but I know you're scared. I need a kickoff time for that Cincy game, by the way. What do you think? It should be a primetime game, you would think. We're gonna find we're not gonna find out until next Monday. Next Monday, yeah. Um, they yeah. just announced today the East Carolina game is at 7 30, which didn't do me really any favors, but um that's gonna be one <laughs> actually works out perfect for me because my, my my kid has a soccer game like mid-afternoon, so I'll be home just in time for the game. Yeah, I have my aunt and uncle's 50th wedding anniversary. They're having a big party, they're doing renewing their vows and all this stuff. Uh, I have to go to it. There's no way around it. That thing, I think, I think is over by nine. I think like this, the reception and all that stuff is from like five to nine. I want to say game starts at seven 30, just going to record it seven 30. I'm turning my phone off and I'm telling every one of my cousins and everybody, every guy that's there that watches football. Don't tell me the score. Oof. Don't even look at me while you're looking at your phone. And, and I don't want to see your reactions to any scores. You can't yeah, trust your family, dude. No, yeah. I mean, I, I, tr I know you're going to say that. Are all your cousins going to be there? Probably. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, probably. They're, they're going to mess with me. Like, they're going to say stuff, but I can't believe any of it. Chris is going Chris is going to be there. I, I would think he's going to be there. You got no problems then. Yeah, you got yeah, problems. I, <laughs> they're definitely going to mess with me. I, I'm expecting that. Yeah. Maybe I just, um, I don't know. I can't watch it while I'm there. I don't know what to do. That's my, that's my only solution right now. Hmm. It's an hour and a half. So the game. Halftime party's over, I would think. And you're, you're, 
you're shooting right home. There's no like post party, after party. Let's all go hang out someplace. I'm sure probably somebody's going to say that. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I might just say everybody come to my house and I'll put the game on <laughs> the way. Well, I don't okay. know. Okay. I, don't, I, I really don't know. That, that could be interesting. Yeah, I mean, heck, the Yankees could be playing later that night or something too. So we have to go. I, I really don't know that. That's why I was hoping for like a noon kickoff that day. They didn't do me any favors. Um, night in Greenville is always crazy too. Crazy yeah. things happen there. Yeah, that 2007 games, I still have nightmares. That was a Chris Johnson ran all over us. Yeah. We lost that one. So, Well, if you were in this shirt from Home for the Peril, you might feel better. Again, homefortheperil.com. Suns 12, 15% off all of their collection. Mike, let's take a little break here. We'll come back and we'll uh, we'll, we'll roll out your picks. We'll see how Mike did uh, this past week. Uh, with the Suns of UCF, we're brought to you by Gordon and Partners. This is UCF Athletic Director Terry Mahajer, and in my spare time when I'm not on TikTok, I'm listening to Adam and Mike on the Sons of UCF. Go Knights and charge on. It's time again for Mike's picks each week. Mike goes through the AAC, and he picks uh, some games, tells you he's going to win. Sometimes he's right, sometimes he's not. Uh, We'll get into all that in a second, Mike, but... If you haven't already been playing along with us, make sure you go to Prize Picks. Download the Prize Picks app. All right, they're going to match 100% of your deposit up to 100 bucks if you use the code Suns12, and you can get action on over unders, on fantasy style points. Again, it could be pass yards, rush yards, receptions. You can even get over under on a on a quarterback throwing interceptions. A lot of fun stuff there. Mike and I have been using a lot for college football, but uh, they have all the other sports you want. They have NFL action, obviously, with the NFL season in full swing. NBA starting soon. They have NBA in there. I think they have NHL in there, Mike. They have MMA. Whatever sport you want, whatever you can think of, Price Picks has it. Uh, it's a top-rated app. It's found in any of the app stores that you like. If that's Apple, if that's Google Play, again, go download it now. Uh, as soon as you make that deposit, up to 100 bucks. If you use Suns 12, you'll get, uh, you'll get a, a match right there, and you are off and running. Easy to use. We've had some success on here last week, Mike. I did not do so well in my prize picks last week. I had Bowser with, I think it was 67 and a half rush yards over. He just came under that. Uh, and I think I actually took Tanner Mordecai for over 300 pass yards, and uh, he went under that. So I was 0 for 2 on my prize picks last week. I don't see any UCF action loaded in the app just yet, but don't let that dissuade you, friends. There's a lot of action that can be had if you go to the uh, prize picks app. Yeah, it's been fun to do it. Last week, I I lost on, on the bets I had. I had you know I had Tanner Mordecai actually under eight and a half rushing yards. Mm. Hit that because he only had he had negative three, but I lost on the UCF guys. I had Bowser over six over seventy and a half. He only ended up with sixty two rushing yards. I had Plumley under two hundred and thirty. Point five passing yards. He went over that. You would have thought that would have crushed too, man. That's right? the, that's what makes this thing so fun. Is you would have thought last week there's well, no chance that's happening. He basically was under if that that one. Pass <laughs> that's why you're bitter. Okay. That's a run I'm play. With I'm with you. So I kind of got screwed on that one, but I still would have lost with Bowser anyway. So, but it does make it fun. It does make it fun to go on there and just add a little bit of action. Actually, ten bucks. You know, and it depends on the person. Yeah, I make a if. Ten bucks doesn't make it interesting for you, but a hundred bucks does. Then do that, and you get your money matched with us using promo code Suns Twelve. Yeah, again, if you're a UCF fan, if you're a college football fan, you're watching these games anyway, right? You might as well have a little fun on it. You're probably tracking these players closer than uh, than Price Picks guys are, so you maybe have the in. You have the inside info. You know what to expect. Again, nothing on UCF in there just yet, Mike. But you can get a lot of different items. Again, if you want NFL, you can get that. 
uh, if you want ML, MLB. Uh, playoffs are now underway. Uh, the division series are starting. Or is the wild card? I can't keep track anymore. Uh, those are starting. You can get some action there. NBA coming up soon. You can even get preseason action, I think, on uh, NBA if you really want it. Um, so go to Price Picks. Download the app. Promo code SUNS12. Uh, you'll get a match, and uh, and you're welcome. What you won't get, though, is uh, Mike's picks. Those, those are exclusive only here to the Suns UCF, Mike. Give us an update. Where did you finish last week? Where are you at for for the year? Um, should people trust these picks as you uh, present them this week? I don't know if you really should trust them, but uh, you could take the, this information here and do the opposite, and the opposite seemed to work for me a couple weeks ago. I went 2-1 and one that week. Last week, I went 1-2. and two. I won <laughs> on a comeback. I won Houston and Memphis. Houston was getting two points. They came back and won the game by one. I lost East Carolina Tulane. I had East Carolina. They got blown out. And Tulsa Navy. I had Tulsa, and Navy put 53 points up on them. So lost those two games. For the season, I'm 7-11 and 11 here on the show. Not good. But even worse on the pool tracker, 10 games under 524. And somehow picked up a game on you who didn't win one game in the pool tracker that, this week. Is that correct? You know what? I thought I had 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're 25 and 33. I'm 24 and 34. Um, either. Yeah, either. I did not make picks last week. I mean, there were no, you made picks. They're all red, my friend. You got them. I lost all them all. <laughs> <laughs> I lost them all. <laughs> then, yes, all that's all. me. That is me. I only got two right. So I was down by three. I'm only down by one. Trace. Um, I think only got two correct also. He's 27 and 31. So all of us are bad. Trace is the least bad of the three of us so far, but not by much. And the same guy, Valley Nars, continues with his lead. He's His lead is growing. I think he's up three games now on the next closest guy. 38 and 20 record, which is pretty impressive. I don't know how that guy's doing it. But, um, yeah, the picks have not been great so far. But I'm ready to take another shot out of here this week and give you three more. All right, let's rock and roll. What do you got? Game number one, Navy is getting 20 and a half points at SMU. This is a Friday night game in Dallas. Um, the midshipman with a pretty impressive performance the other day against Tulsa. Like I said, Smack Tulsa. 53 to 21, they win that game. And they've been up and down as this season's gone on. They lost the first couple weeks to Delaware and Memphis. When they come back and they beat East Carolina on the road, then they lose to Air Force in a, in a tight one. Then they come back and smack Tulsa. So they're 2-1 and one right now in the conference. Not horrible. Uh, better than I thought they were going to be. Uh, and the Ponies, on the other hand, they've got a good offense. I mean, we thought they were going to come in and light up the scoreboard against us. They did not. But they've scored 40-plus points in three of their five games. Um, we shut them down, which just speaks volumes to our defense, I believe. Um but I don't think Navy's going to be capable of doing the same thing to them. Navy does lead the all-time series 13-10, to 10, but SMU has won three of the last four meetings. Um, not by a lot, though. SMU's won some close games. They won a seven-point game, I think, last year. They won a, a game. Yeah, last year's game was 31-24. They won a game by one point a few years ago. So the, close, the biggest margin of victory in those SMU wins is 13 points. In this game, they're giving up 20 and a half. Um, I expect Rasheed Rice to come big in this game, maybe three touchdowns, a little ba bounce back game, and, and cover the points. I, I, everything tells me not, that they're not going to cover. I'm going to take the cover. Give me SMU minus 20 and a half. 
I should point out Pool Tracker has SMU as a 13 and a half uh, favorite, not 20. Well, then you definitely jump on 13 and a half. I'll take them in the Pool Tracker with that. But I, I got this line <laughs> this morning 20. I don't know. Something's going on there. 13 episode. and a half on Pool Tracker. All right. All right, SMU does agri. Uh, I don't know what to make with Navy. Uh, they smacked Tulsa this week. They threw eight total passes, put up 53 points. Uh, I don't know what to expect with them. Obviously, they're coming to, to the bounce house uh, as part of the American Conference Revenge Tour that we were on. Uh, hopefully, that's their best game of the year. They got it all of their system. Yeah, I told you. They do that at least once a year. They, they get somebody. And out of nowhere, they, they scored 13 points, 10 points, 15 points. And all of a sudden, they put up a 50 spot on somebody every year. Sometimes it's East Carolina. This year, it was uh, – who the hell was it last week? That's Tulsa. So they're due, and now they are come back to reality this week, and they get blown out again. All right, next game up for Mike. Tulane, Green Wave, minus 11 at the Cows. The Cows, with another head-scratching performance this past week, close to beating Cincinnati. I didn't watch any of this game. Did you watch some of this? You texted me. I did. I did, yeah. I was so I was I was not going to give the cows the viewership number because I figured at halftime it was like I think they were down by two or three or one or something like that and I was like I'm not going to do this at the end of the third <laughs> I think they were up three at that point and I was like I'm going to have to watch this thing uh, since his quarterback got hurt they brought in a, a backup uh, but uh, the rushing attack was too much the cows couldn't stop anybody in Cincinnati bunch of couple a uh, bunch of late rushing touchdowns and and sealed the game at that point but somehow the cows stuck with it I have no idea how. Well, yeah, I didn't really tune into any of it. Um, I, You know why? I can't really root for the Cows, but it would have been good if the Cows beat Cincinnati. <laughs> it would have great. It helped us, but I couldn't pull it myself to put the game on and actually root for that to happen. So I just stayed away from it. I had other things going on that day anyway. So, But, you know, the fact that they hung in there with them is a little uh, weird, right? They, they have this in them. We've seen it a couple of times now. They did it to the Gators. They only lost that game by three. But they followed that up with two drubbings at the hands of Louisville and East Carolina, right? And Tulane's coming in now on a high. Um, they got back-to-back wins now over Houston and East Carolina. Michael Pratt this past week, 27 of 34, 326 yards with two touchdowns against ECU. Last year against the Cows, Pratt threw for 311 yards and three touchdowns. Tulane beat them up 45-14. Um, Tulane right now undefeated in the American tied or kind of ahead of us in Cincinnati right now. They have this schedule coming up. They got the cows this week. They got Memphis after that, then Tulsa, but then they finish Tulane's end of the year with UCF, SMU and Cincinnati. So that is a backloaded schedule. My friends, they need to win this game just to, to keep pace for what's coming up later in the year. I think they do it. I think Deuce Watts goes in there and drops a deuce on the cows. And, and Tulane rolls in this one 11 points. I was kind of shocked that it was only 11. Let, they're going to win this game by 15, 20 points. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what to make of the cows. To your point, like they look good against Florida. I could not believe they were hanging with Cincy, but then they got, you know, they got drubbed in other games this year. Uh, my rule of thumb is usually to never try to bet on the cows. So. I'm inclined to agree with you on this one. And I kind of want to see if Tulane's the real deal or not. I mean, this will be interesting to, to see how, how they play uh, again against the Cows team. I guess they can play people tough. You know, can they can they you know get up for this game? I don't know, but I'm curious to see if Tulane is for real. Not sure if I'll find out against the Cows. Yeah, the only thing that worries you a little bit, the way the Cows have played in these probably the two biggest games on the schedule so far, Cincinnati and Florida, they've played well. 
does that scare you a little bit for that game at the end of November when they see us come to town? Um, I hope not, but uh, anything is possible, I suppose, with these cows. But this is Jeff Scott's final season, right? It's got to be, I would think, unless he pulls off a couple of wins here in the second half of the year. It's not looking good for him. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I would think that they would want to move on from him. But, um, you know, a lot of it will be buyout. How much can they afford to pay? But you would think if he keeps – I mean, he did that whole, like, we're playing tough every week. We're, we're, we're getting better every week stuff. But I don't know if, uh, if that's going to be um, <laughs> something that people are going to care about uh, going forward. The week they got blown out against East Carolina, he's like, well, you know, if they didn't score those two touchdowns there in the first yep. quarter and then we got the ball <laughs> there and if we didn't fumble there and then there's 20 points the other way and all of a sudden it's a close. <laughs> yeah, he's right. Mental gymnastics that he That's how you do That's how you do it. That's how you do it, my friends. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. So, but I don't think they have it in them two weeks in a row for competitive football. So give me the green wave. Minus 11. There he is. Game three, Memphis plus three points. At East Carolina, uh, you got the Tigers who just blew a game to Houston. That is just a demoralizing way to lose a football game. This may start like a spiral for the Memphis Tigers heading down. They were up 19 points in the fourth quarter of this game. Gave up 26 points in the fourth quarter and lost. I didn't watch any of this game either. Did you see any of this one on Friday? I saw a little of it and I turned it off because I thought it was over. <laughs> And you just assumed Houston was done for the year, right? I assume they were done. Yeah, I assumed Houston would. Holgerson was getting fired on the sideline. I assumed this whole thing was over. They'd be dancing all up over, over the field in Memphis. So when I turned it, or turned on the TV the next day and I saw they lost, I was like, "What the hell happened?" <laughs> you can never turn these AAC games off. You never know what's going to yeah. happen. Action, baby. Um, the Pirates didn't look sharp against Tulane on the road. They just got beat up. I think it was like twenty-four to nine. So a poor performance out of them. Hey, Holton Aylers threw the ball 51 times in that game with two interceptions. That's a recipe for disaster. If East Carolina is throwing the ball 50 times, you know something's wrong. That, that was the case this past week. But um, the Pirates are tougher at home, and they're tougher in a night game. This is a 7.30 night home game, just like we're going to see them in in a couple weeks. Um, I think that gives them an advantage. They already have two conference losses now, uh, the Navy game and uh, Tulane. So this is basically an elimination game for East Carolina. Their backs are up against the wall. They have to have this one if they want any chance of, of even being in this race down the stretch. Um, and the Tigers themselves, they control their own destiny, really. They don't play Cincinnati. And they still have games, this game against East Carolina. They still have a game against Tulane. They still play UCF. They still play SMU. So they have a good record there. Maybe they, one loss among those groups. Maybe they still have a shot to compete for this conference. Um, but I don't think they're that good. I don't think Memphis is really that good. I didn't think they were that good to start the year. I still have not convinced that they're any good. And give me the better team at home, which I believe is the Pirates, to win this one. East Carolina also owns the all-time series against these guys, 16-8. 8-2 in the last 10 meetings. The only two that that Memphis won were in 17-18 and when they were actually really good teams. Uh, Every other year, East Carolina has owned them, so give me the Pirates. I don't know what to make of Memphis, right? Because they were playing decent football. I mean, said they beat a bad Temple team. They played well against Houston, then it all falls apart. Are they good? Are they not good? Is their quarterback any good? I, I don't know what to make of Memphis. Same thing with ECU. I mean, we saw them play really well against North Carolina State, a team that just uh, that just beat Florida State. They they should have essentially ECU should have beaten North Carolina State if they had a kicker at that point. Uh, but then you've seen them do some some silly things. This is one of those games where it's a big question mark for me. I'd probably lean towards the home team, just like you at this point, um, and and take the home team and, and give away the three points. 
but I don't know what to make of either of these teams. And obviously these are two teams on our schedule um, as the season comes up for us. Yeah, I think a few people here are nervous about going to East Carolina on a Saturday night at 7.30. And if you're nervous about UCF going in there and winning that game, I really don't like Memphis's chance of going in there and winning that game. So that, that's the reason I'm taking the Pirates. I think they bounced back a little bit this week. I think Memphis shows that they're the frauds that I, th- I thought they were to start this season. And um, I expect the Pirates to win this one. Well, those are Mike's picks again. If you're in the pool tracker, follow along. Uh, don't follow us though, because apparently I didn't win a game last week. So don't <laughs> certainly don't follow me. Maybe Mike is on a, on a bit of a bender here. And again, check out Prize Picks. Uh, make sure you use the promo code for a uh, deposit match. That's Suns twelve. Uh, and those are the picks, Mike. We'll come back next week. We'll figure out if you did bad, good, ugly, uh, anywhere in between. Can the Cowboys play good football two weeks in a row? Mike said they cannot. And what the hell to do with Memphis and ECU. But we'll take a little break here. We'll close up shop with Cal of the Week in just a second here. We're brought to you by Gordon and Partners. Okay, sons of UCF, both of you, you are the problem. All right, Mike, let's get Cal of the Week uh, brewing here. Again, Cal of the Week is brought to you by our good friends at Poor Choice. Uh, going to poor choice is not a poor choice, Mike, because they are a self-pour beer festival like atmosphere. Again, endless possibilities. You pour your own beer, wine, seltzer, sake. There's no waiting around. You want a drink. You get up off your ass. You pour the thing. You get your own drink. You sit back down. You have fun with your friends. Uh, poor choice is a place you want to go. Endless possibilities. 1225 Mills Avenue in Orlando. Don't forget, we mentioned ECU game. They're doing a watch party there. They'll have a giant screen TV. They'll have food trucks. They'll have, obviously, all the uh, all the, the beer, wine, um, sangria, sake, whatever that you can handle. Make sure you check out, again, Poor Choice, Endless Possibilities. It is a, it's like a big tailgate, Mike. It's like a big keg party, uh, so go check that out. Uh, again, Poor Choice sponsors Cow of the Week. My Cow of the Week is when somebody or something is just does something silly or stupid or idiotic or something that just makes you laugh, makes you just you know figure out what's going on in life. Uh, each week we pick a, a cow each. Uh, usually you lead off. I'm told you have a cow this week. I'm told that by you, actually. So I'm looking forward to figuring out who that person is. Yeah, this is probably the easiest one I've had to do. I, I saw When I saw it happen, I said right away, this is the cow for this week. And it's during the UCF game, SMU head coach Rhett Lashley calling timeouts at the end of this game. I don't know what the heck he was doing. I mean, you want to send a message to your team that we're going to fight all the way to the end? That's If that's what you're doing, I, I don't know, man. But you're calling a timeout with one second to go in this game when you're down 40, what was it, 41 to 13? It was correct, yeah. <laughs> One second. He, he called two timeouts down here at the end of this game, right? He called the one after the second down. He, he called one after third down. Um, at this point, just pack it in, man. He's lucky somebody didn't get hurt on his team. He's really lucky somebody on our team didn't get hurt because I would have gone over there and smacked the shit out of him myself. Um, and, and Gus could not be happy about it. Uh, Gus was his quote, his coach in high school. Lashley was his quarterback. And they have supposed to have a nice relationship going if he would have pulled this crap on me, I would, if I'm Gus, I'd tell him, you know, what are you doing? What, what exactly are you trying to prove here? Don't ever pull this crap again, right? And I lost a little respect for Lashley that day in SMU. I don't know what they were thinking. Easy cow of the week for me, though. Um, Rhett Lashley, congratulations. 
he coached that game scared, in my opinion. Like he went throwing a fourth down a bunch of times, or it just didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, I think he's got faith in his offense, but it looks like he had no faith that his team could pull it out. So he kept trying to do kind of weird things. My suspicion is he wants to try to make it up to his team and say, "I believe in you guys." See, you know, see what you know. I, I, we're gonna we're gonna play to the final whistle. But to your point, there's more bad that happens there than good. I mean, it's not like he, even if he was betting on the game, though, like he wasn't close to getting, you know, getting the over or the under or something like that. Like at this point, you know, just just take the L, get home, you know, have everyone get there safe. Um, I'm curious what his, what his players in the locker room felt to that. Gus seemed like he was good with him at the at the handshake. I actually watched it again on Netflix here tonight. You know, comes up, give him a nice handshake. They embraced for a minute or two. It didn't look like any wasn't a Deion Sanders uh, situation where he got pushed and the guy told him to get the hell on or anything like that. It seemed like it was a pretty you know pretty amenable uh, hug at the end there. Yeah, which I mean, I guess they really are close. Maybe I don't know. I, I can't even really explain it, but to me, it was stupid. To me, it was a dumb move by him, and hopefully he learns his lesson. You know, th- th- that could have started a fight or something. That could have started something, made the end of that game uglier than it should have been. It was not necessary. Take the loss and just get the heck out of town. I could not agree more, Mike. Rhett Lashley, a great pick. My cow of the week, Mike. I got a personal story for you here. All right, All buddy. Right. My, my cow of the week, car dealerships. What are we doing with car dealerships? So the wife's car, we've got a lease on this thing. It's got some months left, but you know, she was like, Hey, maybe we should try to turn it in early, see if we can get something for it. You know, we had nothing to do Saturday. She's like, let's go look at some places. Okay, fine, right? We go into this car dealership, Mike. We sit down for this guy, and I'm like, listen, Chief, here's what well, first I have rules, by the way. So I bring my kid with me. I have three rules for car dealerships. I want you to tell me if you agree with these rules. Number one, never sit down. Because if you sit down, they think you're staying, right? Always keep them on edge. Never sit down. Number two, they want to offer you water. Don't take the water. You're not staying, right? You're only there to get the deal. You're not You're not there for food, for drink. And number three, keep your arms crossed the entire time. So the entire time, you sit like this. Never get comfortable. Never let them think you're staying, right? Those are my rules of buying a car. So that's what I'm doing, right? I'm standing there, not drinking anything. I'm dying of thirst, by the way. Arms all crossed. And I tell the guy, listen, chief, here's where I'm at payment-wise. You get me here, we can talk. We got a deal. And the guy's like, you know what? I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that for you, buddy. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, let me go talk to my guy. By the way, any more antiquated process in the car dealership where there's some like secret room that people go into and talk about you? Like, what are we doing here, right? So this guy goes in the secret room, comes back out. He's like, I got some good news. I got some really good news. I'm like, awesome. What's the good news? He's like, "Ah, we're really close. And he puts a piece of paper down in front of me. That's like $75 more a month than I want to pay. And I was like, how is this really close? Like, this is this is nowhere near what I said. He's like, well, you know, unfortunately, amortization and tires and there's, you know, lunar moon, all these excuses, right? Johnson Rod. And I'm like, you know what? You, you know, I, I appreciate the information. Like, we're just going to hold on to it then. We'll, we'll come back later, right? And the guy's like, well, you know, maybe we could look at some other options here. Let me, you know, I didn't I didn't run the, you know, the the, the Dinglehoffen Farber deal that's going on right now. I'm like, yeah, run the deal then. Let's we'll see what you got, right? He comes back with a piece of paper. I'm like, it's like $40 more. I'm like, yeah, still higher than I want to, Chief. So it looks like we don't, we got nothing here. And he's like, all right, man. Well, I hear you. I, you know, thanks for coming in. He actually lets me walk out of the office. I'm at the front door, and the the finance guy is just like pacing there. And he's like, hey, where are you guys going? I'm like, yeah, I was working with Jason. It's not working out. We're gonna take off. He was like, well, hold on a second. You know, let me see what I can do for you. I'm like, well, can you do anything better than what Jason does? He's like, listen, I've been working here 30 years. I know what I. Let me see what I can do for you here. Come come back inside, right? Trudge my happy ass back inside for this guy, right? <laughs> Sit down the thing. And he's like, oh, let's look at this number. He's throwing this around. He's like, let me get back to you, right? So he comes back out. He goes, we're close. Oh, okay, cool. It's like, we're really close. Puts the paper down in front of me. We're like 20 bucks off now. 
like, yeah, it's still not where I want to be chief. Like, I'm not sure what we're not understanding about this. Like, I really want to be at this level here. He's like, wow, for that car, you know, you know, there's, there's three models. I'm like, well, run all three models and give me the price for the SL, the SLT, the SLX, whatever they are. Give me the, give me all three. Right. So he comes back out and he's like, you're not going to believe this. My computer's jammed up. Somebody, somebody used my computer, <laughs> locked me out. I can't get in for like 20, 30 minutes. I went 20, 30 minutes. I mean, you locked up. Do you have IT here? And he's like, ah, yeah, they're not going to help me much. I'm like, have you tried? He's like, no, but trust me, like those cars, you, this is, you know, this is pretty much the number you're going to get anyway. And I was like, chief, I'm not doing that number. So either your computer magically gets unlocked or we're leaving. He's like, well, let me see if I can borrow my buddy's computer. So he comes back <laughs> with another piece of paper. I'm like, and now we're like five bucks off. So he's like, ah, I'm five bucks off. I'm like, all right, well, that's a, that's a lot better. I'm like, that whole process took like three and a half hours. I must have taken, are you good at buying cars? I feel like there's a skill to buying a car, leasing a car, whatever, that I just, I don't know if I have it or not. I really need some advice from Night Nation on how to how to best purchase a vehicle because I need to get out of there under under three hours next time. And I need to get out of there without four pieces of paper. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm not, I haven't bought a car since before my last daughter was born. 2013 was the last car, time we bought a car and still only has like 50,000 miles because my wife doesn't go anywhere. She works from home. Uh, we beat the hell out of it. We've taken it to Orlando a thousand times, but other than that, no. Uh, but when I did go in there, I remember just saying, walking in and saying, I'm not buying anything. I'm not buying anything. I don't care what the deal is. <laughs> and every time he came back to you with a lower number, your number should have gone down even more. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're only $40 off. Oh, great. Well, that's, that's, that was my old number. Now you got to get to this number and, and just, and just walk out. I'm walking out is the best thing you can do. I'm walking walk out. out. I'm never yeah. coming back. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to that other place down the street. I, I think they, they they quoted me something better. You got you got to lie. You got to be a yep. good liar because yep. that, that's all they're doing to you. They're lying right to your face, right to my face. <laughs> and they're, they're trying to rip you off. Every one of those guys is trying to rip you off. Um, I'm not really a car guy, so I don't really don't know the specifics and looking under the hood and all that crap. I, I wasn't I, looking I, under the hood. No. Yeah, but but maybe part of the lie is you are the car guy and you and you don't like what you're seeing under the hood. You don't like this. Maybe they need to improve this. Maybe they need to give you that the the better model. Mm -hmm. for for a lesser price and see what they say but yeah it's all about keeping a straight face it's all about it's playing poker really is what you're doing i don't understand why we got to play the game though like why can't we just be like hey yeah, like I, I i go to buy you know a pair of shoes from the from the store it says 49.99 i buy my shoes i walk out <laughs> like i don't understand why i can't why we have to do i mean i know you're financing stuff and there's paperwork and all that other jazz like why we can't just make this simple and why is there got to be a special room where they got to go to like why can't they just talk right in front of you like, I don't, I don't understand. I, I just <laughs> yeah. don't get it. You know, it's part of the act. It's all part of the act. And so the whole car buying experience, just, just absolutely. Uh, so fun fact, we didn't actually buy that car. So we, we get to the end of my $5 apart and the guy's like, all right, well, that car is, uh, you know, the car you're looking for, you know, it's not on the lot yet. It's going to be here in a couple of weeks. I'm like, all right, well then I'll come back in a couple of weeks, chief. I'm not buying a car today that I'm not even like going to, well, but you know, why don't you put a couple bucks down? I'm like, or you know what? It's my car. I'll come back in two weeks. Right. So I didn't actually buy that car. I'm not sure we're actually going to buy that car. But the next day, my wife then wants to go check out another dealership. Like, you know what the next day was? It was Sunday, my friend. We got football on Sunday. I was like, you know what? Why don't you go check it out? See if you like the car <laughs> test drive it. If it, no, she did not actually this time. She did not. If it's good, let me know. I'll come out there and, you know, then I'll, I'll, I'll help seal the deal. Right. Uh, so she calls me and she's like, Hey, the guys, you know, I can get a lease on this thing for like eight ninety nine a month. I'm like, okay, walk out right now. Literally hang the phone up right now and run as fast as you can. Uh, and so she also luckily did not buy a car this time. So uh, all this car shopping, no new vehicle yet. So we we're still, uh, I still got options here. I'm like, but I feel like I'm out of car dealership. 
like practice here. Like I've, this is a good uh, dry run, a good test run. Cause I've, I, we're going to be back soon, I think. Uh, and I got to get ready. Yeah. Uh, you guys go Both through things. this a lot. You guys go through a lot of cars, right? You have a lot of experience. We, we do. We do. We lease. Uh, my wife is a big fan of the leasing of the car. I had a buddy of mine who used to work in the car dealership. It was like, Hey, leasing is the way to go. Not sure if that's really true anymore. So we do the lease thing, which is every three years, you got to get a new car, well, which is fine, but it just forces me to have to go and do this negotiation every time. Yeah. That's why I love my car. I mean, like I said, we beat the hell out of it, but I haven't made a payment on this car now for, I don't know, four or five I years. I like that. I like that idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have a zero car payment, which is a big help. Um, so that's the one benefit of, of buying, I guess. Um, but yeah, once the, when I went to go buy this car, I remember test driving a car at a place where I ended up not buying it from. But when I test drove the car, I gave him my keys. And then the guy wouldn't give me my keys back when I told him, no, nah, I wasn't interested. I almost swung on this guy. Like I was getting pissed. Like, You're giving me my goddamn keys back right now. <laughs> I love it. Furniture is going to start moving around in this, this place. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, I hate buying cars. I hate doing it. I have a guy that, that I work with that is really good at cars, knows everything about them. All the company cars we buy, he goes through, he does all the negotiating, all that stuff. So when we bought this car, he actually set the deal up mostly for me. All I had to do is walk in there, show him, yeah, this is what we want. Okay, here's the numbers. See, all right, okay, done. I feel like that could be a business. Like, I feel like you, if you were good at this kind of stuff, you could start your own business where I hire you and you just go get me the car that I want for the price that I want. Like, I feel like that could be like a service that someone could actually like make money off of. Definitely, definitely. Like and someone uh, mows your lawn, someone will paint your house, or someone will buy your car for you. Like, I feel like that's just a service you could buy. Yeah, and you're talking about saving yourself thousands of dollars. Yes, <laughs> hundreds of dollars a month. Yeah, whatever it is. So. Yeah, that, there's definitely a, a business for it. And probably a UCF guy listening to this show is probably really good at it. Maybe you can give us some Yeah, tips. I need some insight. Someone someone DM me and give me some car buying tips. So the problem, the, the thing we're, we're negotiating to now, Mike, is the daughter's 15. She's going to oh, be what? 16 in a year, obviously, right? I work at home now. My wife works at home. So in theory, we're like, okay, we have two cars, but we very rarely drive one of them. Usually one of them is available. We can essentially just, the three of us, split two cars, right? So we're trying to find a car that we think she can drive that won't be too intimidating for the first time, but we don't want something, I don't, you know, I want like a Lexus that she's going to like go ding up on the third day she has it. So we got to find a really, we're looking for a needle in a haystack type of vehicle here. So we got to figure that part out. But they get older, man, and they all of a sudden they want cars. That's no good. Yeah, I was hoping that they have self-driving cars by the time my kids are driving. <laughs> okay. uh, it's not that far from now, I guess. But uh, you're she started. Yeah, I talked to her at the tailgate. She said she was already driving around the neighborhood and stuff. That's right? correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So that's correct. That's good. I mean, you got another designated driver for you. That's, that's actually that's the better part. Yeah, yeah. Well, either way, but not if I have to do with this. So cow of the week is car dealerships, car buying in general, the whole car process. Again, if somebody out there is an expert, somebody DM me and give me some tips on what I should do here. Give me, give me some phrases. Like I want an inside phrase. I can, I can give a guy that, that, that they know this guy knows like there's gotta be some sort of trick to the trade, right? Yeah. The I'm walking out of here is the phrase that I, I walked I, out I, and I, Eric got me at the door and was like, Hey, I've been doing this a long time. I'm like, well, Eric, you know, whatever you want. And my, my, my family is absolutely mortified whenever we go to car shopping and furniture shopping. I'm also a pain in the ass of furniture shopping. Um, cause I, I, I don't, I don't play nice. I get annoyed easily. <laughs> it, it, it's not a pleasant experience. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's people. I mean, I guess there are some people like this guy talking the guy from my job that enjoys shopping for cars and negotiating the whole thing. People like that. I guess it's very rare because I, I think it sucks. Could you do you would you be a good car salesman? I don't know. Like sell don't me know. a car. 
I, right the problem is I know nothing about cars. I'd have to do a lot of homework and research and, you know, or at least pretend like I knew what I was talking about. You know, four cylinder, mm-hmm. six cylinder. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, I guess I could be okay with it, hmm. but right now, no. Knowing nothing about it. I think it. I could be a good car salesman because I don't, I think I would just, I, I would be like that. I'm just going to tell you honestly, here's what we're going to do. How much you want to pay? Ah, sorry, buddy. You might want to get out of here. Like, I feel like I'd be, I feel like people would respect that and want to buy more cars from you. <laughs> you flip it on them. Exactly. Then they, they want to pay you. No, 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 buddy. I told you, you can't afford it. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. No, no, no. Okay, fine. Well, this guy tried something new on us that I'd never seen before. He was like, hey, listen, this car is in a lot of demand. Like we, you know, the way that we're doing cars these days, just because inventory and supply chain hit supply chain again, you know, we're only getting like two or three of them a month and they go pretty quickly. You know, it's, you know, so if you, you might want to get in on this one now, because we don't get these very often. Like, so he hit me with the whole, like, you know, this Hyundai you're looking at, it's going to be exclusive. I'm like, it's a Hyundai. It's not going to be exclusive. We're going to be fine here. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he tried a new one on me that like, you can't get these cars very often. And because we're such a good dealership, we happen to get a couple more than our competitors do. So you might want to think about doing this car now. I was like, wow, you guys are doing really well for yourself. Congratulations. Uh, but I didn't take the car. My wife would have ate that one up. She they, she would have sold her on that one so fast. Oh, honey, we have to get it now. We have to get it. You heard what he said? <laughs> she believe anything these people tell them. Uh, I can't go shopping with her. She's the worst. My wife's getting better at it because I've had to teach her uh, some of these. Again, she, like we, we walk in. I was at my work. We brought my little guy. So sometimes you bring the kids. You're like, hey, we got to get out of here soon. Like he's getting antsy. So the kids are good prop to be able to like, you got to speed this along. Right. So we bring the little guy with us. And, uh, and we're outside just like walking cars and I come in and she's sitting in the chair. I'm like, what are you doing? We don't sit. We stand. Uh, yeah, it's just a whole fiasco. She stood luckily. I don't think well, she brought her own uh, like little mug of, of, uh, of drink with her. So she didn't need any, any refills, but she would have, she would have gotten water. You don't eat the cookies or whatever they got out there. Don't get comfortable, Mike. If you get comfortable, they know they got you. They're like, this guy's sitting down, you know, he's, he's on his phone. Don't get comfortable. If you eat enough cookies, I mean, it might work. It might <laughs> help Depends the price out a little bit. You got to eat a thousand dollars worth of cookies, dude. I'm telling you, what the first dealership that offers you free booze, like selling more cars, and you have know to do with. If you walked in, was like, "Hey, buddy, you want an IPA?" Okay, I'd, I'd, I'd cars all day long. Loosen them up too a little bit. Yeah, yeah you know what? Maybe I can. I do use it. <laughs> XLT. Yeah, well, you think See, about it. You know what? I do want that that Bose sound system. It is important for me. <laughs> Except yeah. they're all driving home drunk in their new cars <laughs> and wrecking them. And hey, you get free free Ubers on the way home. You know, hey, listen, we'll clean this up for you. You take the Uber home. Come back tomorrow, pick it up. Well, we got it for you. You know, yeah, everyone feels good. Yeah, I like it. I think let's open up our own son's uh, car dealership. <laughs> well, we're lucky we got 200 episodes of a podcast, and I'm not sure a car dealership is in our future. But what is in our future is our live show. This week's on Wednesday, Mike. Obviously, game on Thursday. So uh, 8 p.m. Wednesday, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, live show. I have no idea who our guests are going to be yet. Mike, I think, is going to be a little bit late on that one. So uh, Mike will be appearing at some point in time during the show. We'll break down as much as we can. Temple. Uh, we'll try to do some fun stuff for you as well. So make sure to tune in Wednesday. Uh, Trace Troco joins us. It's a raging good time. Maybe we'll get more uh, nugget updates from Trace. He seems to be good on that beat. Uh, so we'll see what we can find from then. Until then, Mike, um, 200 in the books. You know, 200 more to go. It's a good run, man. 200. Good show. I, I like this episode. We did a little throwback, little recap of the first 200. And, uh, you know, took care of business just like the football team did last week and just like they're going to do again on Thursday. So I like where this season's headed so far. Last Wednesday gave me a lot of confidence heading into this stretch. So 
let's try to keep it up. Don't don't give me any reason to go back to being scared again. Everybody have a fantastic week. Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Good night. Charge on. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.